My, I don't know if you guys can hear my dog, but she's like, she's like whimpering. I literally just got home and uh, I was like, I need some water because I drank a little too heavily last night. So mm. I went and I got some water, right? And you know how outside of 7-Elevens, they have like the big, like the big things of bottled water. There's like 25 of them and it's in like a plastic, like a loosely wrapped yeah. plastic. So I grabbed one and as soon as I picked it up, guess what happened? You ripped it, it ripped open and apart, the yeah. and all the bottles went everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I could run to 7-Eleven. I've got 10 minutes before the recording. And so I go, and I rip that open, and everything falls out. And I'm just kind of staring at it and, like, half asleep laughing to myself. And then I look up, and two homeless people are sprinting in my direction. And I'm just like, what's <laughs> happening? And they just start helping me pick up the water bottles. And I'm just like, oh, that was really nice of you guys. And then they were like, oh, don't worry. We were going inside anyway. We'll tell them that that got ripped open and I, was, I just grabbed another one and left and i was just like wow man is this what i wonder if is, is that southern hospitality or what do you do you think they were actually expecting payment for helping you or something like yeah, no like they didn't to. hey man we were we were glad to help you out wink wink right. you know, and meanwhile really, you're completely oblivious as you just pick up your water pick up leave. your water and leave right yeah i might have just your been giant too case sleepy. of water yeah i don't i have no idea I hope not. I feel bad now that I think about it. They might not have even been homeless. Just get in your car, like, go, go drink your own piss. <laughs> this is my water. They might have thought I was homeless, and they might have just been regular working class <laughs> folks. I just made, we just made judgment calls on each other. Maybe they thought I was trying to steal those waters. I don't know. Mm. Mm. Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, Cooperative Wait, Podcast. Wait, Keith has to read it. Oh yeah, it's your second time on the pod. You gotta re read it, right? What? Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> ready for this. All right, so I just I uh, just read this. Um, let me just read it once over real quick to make sure I don't stumble over it. Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host Jack, and I'm here with my co-op partners Nave and Philip. We're here to kill chaos. Each pod we play through cooperative experience, then relay to your to you the listener if this game is the creme de la creme of co-op or something better off playing solo nailed it that's good well you're the first one to take artistic liberties yeah with, usually uh, people are intro. like scared that's fine yeah we're totally okay you could have just not read the intro at all you could have just made something up i probably would have been okay with it i don't know about you philip yeah i would have been fine with it also hey, his name isn't jack <laughs> no yeah i wanted lie. to make this correction up front jack is actually jack chaos. from chaos killer yeah <laughs> the game of the week no but i'm this actually is Keith. Yeah, I'm actually Keith from Main Quest Podcast. What's up, guys? And from our Resident Evil 6 episode, another game much in the same vein of Final Fantasy Origins, Strangers, Lost in Paradise. I, you can I say the name of this game. that Strangers in Paradise is the Resident Evil 6 of Final Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. So, Keith, how you been? And uh, how's the show going? I'm good. It's going really good, actually, ever since... Uh, uh, soft relaunch maybe i took a break for quite a while and so it's uh the show came back in uh september and the first episode actually had navon uh we talked about kirby's adventure or Kirk, kirby's dreamland kirby's dreamland. too many yeah there's too many game kirby boy. games <laughs> yeah nice game boy not to be confused with kirby's land adventure dream mm, be careful yeah so you want to talk about killing chaos there's nothing like quite chaotic or eldritch 
as chaos as Kirby is. And we, we talk all about that. So if you guys haven't listened to that, listeners at home can go, go on over on my feed and check that out if you want. But other than that, yeah, I mean, it's it's going really good, going strong. I think it's even more chaotic because nary a single word is mentioned about what you're doing. So it's like you you have your own interpretations of what whatever Cthulhu-esque creatures you're killing at the end of those games. Well, he's got to get the food back from King Dedede or something. Is it even worth it if that guy has it? Like, how contaminated is that food? Like, I wouldn't eat my food if a horse was near my food. Like, if a horse potentially sneezed on my food, I'd be like, ah, I don't know. Maybe I could go find well, another apple somewhere else. Penguin is potentially one of the more hygienic characters because he wears pants and like a a, a robe. That's compared true. To it's catching all else with the, just shoes. The poop particles that all the other animals have around them. Like you ever think about how people eat at medieval times or like medieval fairs, and it's like I I eat at medieval fairs because it's the only place where I can get a giant ass turkey leg. But it's like I'm I'm in such close proximity to feces. You know what I mean? Let's find out how how disgusting each of each one of us is do you guys keep your toothbrush out in the open in the bathroom oh it is exposed yeah (laughs) it's exposed i mean i feel like i gotta keep my immune system it's my poop right Mm. i live here i poop in that bowl it's my poop i live the chaotic lifestyle of having poop particles all over my toothbrush and pretty much anything else in proximity to the toilet (laughs) I always thought it was wild that Mythbusters episode where they like put toothbrushes all around the bathroom and they were all contaminated. And I was like, yeah, that's wild, but I'm, I'm not putting in the extra effort of a case. Like that's too much extra effort. Sorry. Cause then after a while you got to clean the case as well. That's the same mentality of like a smoker. Like, yeah, I know it's going to kill me eventually, but I just can't stop putting my toothbrush out in the open in the bathroom. You're supposed to change your toothbrush every two months anyway. So I have started doing that actually because it's like, man, they get they get like calcified. So it's like I didn't know that I was like I'd have a toothbrush for like a whole year, and like I would drop it in the toilet or something while I was half asleep, <laughs> pissing and bl- brushing, you know, multitasking, like of a course. real true red blooded American. And I and, and it's like you get a new toothbrush, and it's so nice. I was like, man, they keep making toothbrushes better and better every year. And but really, it's just a new toothbrush. They're all the same. They've been the same since the '80s. They're lying to you. What the fuck are we talking about? We are a video games podcast. So we'll start with you, Keith. What have you been playing this week? Just like in your little video game journal, what have you been up to? Well, after all of the hype and memes have died down, I played through Stray recently. It is not all that it's cracked up to be. It game of the year? It basically, all of the things that I've seen on social media surrounding that game is, of course, about the cat and... That's kind of what it is. All it boils down to was just people being like, oh, my God, look, it's a cat. <laughs> and there's really nothing else to the game. It's a it's a good game. There's really nothing wrong with it, but you're not you don't do anything. It doesn't it doesn't do anything. It's boring. You just hold forward and hold X the entire game. And, you know, the people that it. really like it, they probably aren't familiar with the hit PlayStation 2 game, A Dog's Life, where you play as a dog. You guys, you guys play this one? Are you no, more of a dog person or a cat person? Wasn't that a movie? Wasn't that a movie? No, there was a game. It was a is Bugs it Life, movie? I think, is what you're talking about. No, there's a, there's oh, a dog. Maybe that's life. what I'm thinking about. I got to double check now, so I'm not insane. I'm both. I I have a cat, and my I grew up with dogs. So I'm the oh, opposite. Yeah, that... I I had grew up with cats, and now I have a dog. Mm. And there's something about dogs. Like there's something completely different about dogs. I don't know what it is. 
And the thing, too, is a lot of people are talking about how this is basically a cat simulator, but it's not. It's a parkour simulator. It has almost the cat. The cat is almost uh, it's the word I'm looking for. It's just there by happenstance. Arbitrary. It just happened. It could, yeah, arbitrary. Right. It could have been any other animal, really. As, look at that cover in the notes. Oh, my Wait, God. What? Yeah. Dog's life cover. This almost looks like some sort of early 90s Lucas Arts image. <laughs> I want to play this game. What the hell? What the hell? What do you got to run away from that dog catcher? Of course you run away from the dog catcher. You complete Wait, the quest. Is the dog's name Jack? Oh man. As in Jack Garland. So. Oh, there's a J. It has a J on its collar. It just comes full circle. Like the circle of a dog's life. Oh, anyway. so his name is Jake the dog. Close. <laughs> so close. Close. Man, Adventure Time robbed Jake the dog from a dog's life from PlayStation 2. He is a flatulent dog as well. He's a flatulent American foxhound. So, so just oh, regular dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, okay, so then besides Stray, I've also been playing Lunar Silver S- Silver Star Story? Or Silver Tell Star Saga? I can't... Japanese games? Yeah, it is a uh, 90s JRPG. I'm playing it on the PlayStation, the PS1. And man, that is um, that is a trip back in time for me because it just the uh, anime FMV sequences, like it's just straight up, it's just straight up anime that really? just <laughs> intercuts them. In there. Yeah, just intercuts the gameplay. And it's very, uh, it's not jarring because it's like I grew up playing this kind of stuff. I've never played the game either before, so I should, I should uh, preface, I should have prefaced that, but. I have played games like it before, and it's just um, it's just very gorgeous pixel work. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, some some audio might start playing of, of a character talking, which isn't through. It's mostly text based, but sometimes you'll get some sound clips of characters talking. And then all of a sudden it just transitions into this anime FMV. And it's uh, it's really fucking cool. I think it's really cool, but it it is a little it's like a final fantasy seven the original final fantasy seven where it has like seven different art styles and they can't really decide like what art style they wanted to pick because you got like the chibi the chibi block block people and then you have like the higher res sprites or polygonal models or whatever on the battle screen and then you have the cutscene models right exactly so it's it kind of reminds me of that but i think this has aged a lot better graphically and I'm not very far. I'm only maybe like two hours in, two and a half hours in. Having a pretty good time with that. Nice. It's amazing how like far your imagination went back in the day whenever it was like you'd see those shitty little Final Fantasy characters and then but you'd see the more detailed characters and your brain is just like, oh, that's supposed to be that. And so you just kind of filled in the gaps whenever you were looking yeah. at that six polygon creature that yeah. was that <laughs> cloud in the game. Old Pizza Pete. You're like, yep, that's him. Is that it? Hey, Keith have, had, a, Keith had more games, it all surprised. He well, didn't write in the notes. Well, then, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but I just prior to coming on, I re-familiarized myself with Stranger of Paradise. So that's, oh, that's pretty much it. Can't wait to talk about, about you guys. That. Sorry, you, Nave. What have you been playing this week? Well, I've been pretty low, like uh, low-key, just vibing. That's it. I, I've been, I've been uh, on that gamer score grind for like three weeks now been playing a whole bunch of different cool indie games and so i decided to just slow down play some skate uh i've been playing through Rampa. really that's been absorbing my time just i just want to see who done it who done it i'm tired of not knowing 
the it's the, the teddy bear. He's the it, bad guy. Oh, what? Why would you spoil the game? The teddy bear did it? I can't believe it. The uh, game itself is just mesmerizing as far as like uh, the the loop of how often your your suspicions are shifting between characters. And even as the game goes on and there are less and less characters to be suspicious of, like at this point, I, it's almost always like, okay, I'm just not going to know who the hell did it. I'm just going to figure out how it happened and then just lo- loosely weave, bob and weave through the arguments and figure out who has. Like the, I w- I'm on the fourth island, I think, uh, the fourth trial. That's where I stopped. And that third trial, it was there the epiphany moment of realizing who did it because of one like little thing. Like it's like there could have only been one person who had access to that and this and this and this. And it's like you, I obviously can't explain it because I want people to play it. But it's like I I haven't felt something like that in quite a long time. Like specifically for that third one because it was somebody who I was like, it's 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 something that you're not going to expect. It's really cool, but um, which, I love Danganronpa. Which one is this? Which Danganronpa? Uh, the second one. The second one? Okay. Uh, I know one of them those? came to Game Pass recently. I downloaded it, and I haven't checked it out yet, though. Uh, the first two are on Game Pass right now. and Oh, so that's... Actually, okay. all three of them are on Game Pass. Is it that bundle? That's Is it the bundle that's on Game Pass, then? Uh, no, no, I think... the three games. That's the, uh, the Zero Escape... What is it called? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, the, know. the Nonity games or whatever, which is like seven killers, seven whatevers. Holy uh, shit. Yeah, Philip does oh, know what no. I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I played this game on DS, actually, like back oh, in the day. Oh, we talked about this. Yeah. It was, oh, no, it was like nine killers, nine doors, nine people or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like three games all combined together. It's an, And that's an escape room visual novel kind of thing. But um, and it it's, is it's, a nightmare to play. They're all three console. separate. Yeah, but it's weird because the first two are like 10 gigs each, I think. And the third one is like 40 gigs. It's insane. I don't understand. what The fourth one's going to be like a, an FPS or something. I don't know what the <laughs> hell's going on. But um, I had to delete Forts of Horizon to start downloading no. some more games. Yeah, it's insane. it's insane. Well, really, it was for Fortnite as well. But damn. I was play- But you can play Forza with cloud streaming, and it's actually not that bad. But uh, anyway, um, I've been playing Skate. I said that already. The past few days, I've just been kind of sitting around. I'll have like two or three beers and just vibe listening to the new Kenny Mason album just dropped. I'm listening to Spite. I'm listening to – there's a whole bunch of new albums that just dropped, and I'm like just enjoying music, enjoying life. I feel like I've been neglecting this part of myself for a long time because of this podcast. It just takes over everything. And so uh, on top of that, Philip, I've been playing Fortnite more than Not once. Like <laughs> – non-review reasons yeah for non just by myself playing fortnite philip by yourself isn't that insane what are you doing no i mean it was a little bit for the battle pass but it was also like because there's a cat that looks like a fucking emo grunge kid and i'm like i kind of want he has a chain wallet and it's cat bones and i'm like i kind of want that i kind of want it a little bit but uh, I was playing last night. Like, I don't know what it is. It's like, you know, when you get in a mood when you're drinking and you're like, I just kind of want to sit down and not care. There's something about Fortnite I just don't give a fuck about that I'm able to just play it and like be competitive a little bit and just like not worry about it. It's not chess. I will fucking snap my dog in half because of chess. I will tilt play chess for hours, losing over and over again because the angrier you get, the more short sighted you are. It, but there's something about Fortnite which I'm just there's just a disconnect where 
I don't think I could possibly care about this game. Like, if I lost, I'm just like, oh, well, at least I'm listening to Kenny Mason right now. You know what I mean? It's like something completely different. Or the new Jid album. God damn it, there's just so much good albums coming out. Um, anyway, Fortnite's pretty interesting. I was playing, like, with two kids, for sure. Like, I have no, I could, wasn't in communication with them, but I could tell that they were kids just by, they would just get in the car, they would run into me, and then they would come out and start fucking doing the Dougie or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, that's not an adult I'm playing with right now. But we were playing, like, five or six games in a row and just winning Philip. And it was like, really? pe we were fighting humans. These were struggle matches. Like, we were getting black. I would get sniped, and I'm like, ping, 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 ping over there. And then someone, he'd run over, grab me, throw me, and then just run over, slide down the hill. And I'm like, oh my god, like, we're fucking playing Fortnite right now. This isn't like me, me and Philip were playing. I don't know what the fuck we were doing back then. But anyways, speaking of music, Keith. Yes. Okay, I thought you were sitting so still. I didn't know if you were frozen. For the listeners at home... Because you can't see this is not a visual podcast, but I'm taking direct inspiration from Jack Garland today with my plain V-neck, my plain black <laughs> V-neck and some sunglasses. So I'm deadly serious about killing chaos today. But yes, Dave, what? What's up? Uh, I post on Instagram quite frequently, and one of the things I like to do is I just put clips to music on Instagram. They just let you do that. I didn't know that existed, but it's very fun for me. One mm. of my clips on Elden Ring. Oh, you're talking about Mashuga. Yeah, one of my clips on Elden Ring, I put a Mashuga uh, riff on there, and you said that was good music. Do you like metal, Keith? Oh, yes. Anybody who listens to my show or follows me on social media knows that I am a huge shill for some of the most chaotic uh, music that there is out there. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I chuckled and I, I saw... almost broke in my water. <laughs> I've only seen Mashuga twice, and each time I saw them like way back in like 2005 or something like that, 2004, 2005. It was right around when I think right around when that IEP came out, and uh, then I saw them again like four years ago at a at a festival. God, man, that sounds they, so fun! Still fucking kill it, man. After all these years, they've been around for like 30 years or something like that. Yeah, man. Mashuga, literally just my baseline of music taste as far as metal is concerned. Like, if if anyone is like, ah, it kind of sounds like, you know, you know the band Mashuga? I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to download every album that they have then if that's what they sound mm. like, even remotely. Like, I don't know what it is about. The way that they play with the 4-4 time signature, like, the way that they just bulldoze through bars over and over and over again and then just end abruptly to change to another, to transition to another uh, riff or, like, some kind of different movement into another act of the song. Oh, my God. It's like... It's just art. It's art, man. I yeah, like they are. I I can't. Every single time I show people who don't listen to metal, Mashuga, I'm like, just ignore the screaming for a minute. And like, I have this friend, uh, uh, Don Trey. He works out regularly to Mashuga now because he's just like, I, this makes me so angry. I want to just brutally hit someone right now. Like that's this is interesting because when I introduce people to Mashuga, I always tell them to pay attention to the screaming because it's probably the because the way he screams his cadence and everything is very rhythmic. So it really yeah. kind of holds the rest of the music together in a lot of ways when the rest of the music is, you know, the bassist is doing one thing and the drummer is doing another thing. It's very chaotic. Whereas I think the, the singer actually holds is the glue to, to all of that stuff. It's, it's more of a, and that's kind of just metal in, in general. When you think about a lot of those harsher vocals, it's yeah. really just a rhythm and a cadence. 
than actual, you know, obviously singing, but... One thing I always tell people as far as to just to get over screaming is to just pretend it's an instrument. Like, just call... pretend that this is instrumental music. And that is, it's, because it is, if you think about music technically, even normal music with normal vocalists, they, it is an instrument. You're just adding my, to this thing. My my term for people who are, who don't listen to metal just because of the screaming, I call those people, they, they have bitch ears. So <laughs> they need to just get over their bitch ears. And like as soon as anything's violent, their tail goes between their legs. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, as far as I mean, we can go down a rate. If you just want to make Strangers of Paradise another episode, we can just talk metal all day. <laughs> this is a listening together <laughs> episode now, but it's right, not about yeah. video games. Have you guys heard about this? Uh, one more thing, Phil. I Philip is like, God damn it. I can see it in his face. He's like, Dave, stop. But uh, have you guys heard about AI procedurally generated music? Yes. Yeah. Well, Philip knows it particularly because our Halloween episode, Philip actually did that. He had, he procedurally generated that song. But um, there is a stream, a 24-hour stream that just procedurally generates gent, and it sounds fucking good. It is so mm. scary. Like, hold on. Last time I looked, they were on, like, song 5,000. Let me go look again. They're on, it's funny because oh, whenever I'm around any of my friends and I play something like like I really like Ariana Grande and people don't believe that because just in general I'm always just listening to metal but I listen to so much different different genres of music that that's something just like, I genuinely just see in a lot of people who like if their favorite genre of music is metal they also listen to so many other genres like they're so usually so much more eclectic than somebody who just listens to hip hop or just listens to pop you know what I mean everything is so much easier to listen to if you listen to one of the most complex genres of music. They're on song 6,684. Jeez. Just procedurally generating. Hold on. I bet this... I don't know if you guys can even hear this. It's from a... Yeah, a little bit, yeah. This is bad. A little tinny. I just remember... Yeah, right. Like, this is from a, a cell phone speaker on speakerphone into an Xbox headset through the bandwidth of Zencaster. So that was probably a stupid idea. So maybe edit that out. But It's probably not even AI generated. It's probably just like Misha Mansoor sitting in a room constantly playing yeah. something. This, this, is the, how, this is how Periphery just makes music. And you're just what's actually the dude watching. from um, Animals as Leaders? Uh, Tosin Abasi. And uh, yeah, Javier, there. Oh, I can't remember his name. Matt <laughs> yeah. Gross is the drummer. God damn it. All three of those dudes are just sitting in a room. They haven't left for like four years. <laughs> but that shit is so scary. It really, it's like he, he went in, he programmed every single note on his guitar, un unmuted, muted, bent, doing all kinds of different things. And then like just programmed a whole bunch of like different melodies and stuff like that and drum patterns. And like uh, it's – and he made the visualizer too. So every time the kick drum hits, the visualizer blinks. It's really fucking cool. And like you'll just be sitting there listening and you're like, that's periphery. And then you'll be listening for like five more minutes and you're like, yo, this is just era. Like, this is just mm. modern metal. Like, this scares the shit out of me. Like, this guy can make – he does put shit on Spotify with some of the songs, I think. And he can make infinite albums and not write a damn thing. Like, it's insane. And this is good music. This is – like, occasionally, you're like, ah, this is kind of weak. But then it'll just transition into something ridiculous. Like, the songs will do callbacks to the beginning of the song. And I'm like, how does it do that? Like – how he programmed it to do callbacks like callback riffs where it's not the same riff it's just slightly different with like a different like uh tempo on the drums or something i'm like this is insanity man 
I don't understand it. It scares me. It makes me actually nervous. Futures, robots taking over. I need some water. Screaming. I'm right. not drinking Monster. It's because I'm feeling bad. Hey, Philip. Yeah, what's up? What have you been playing? Oh, thank <laughs> you for asking. Uh, I've actually been uh, pretty chill lately, kind of taking like a low vibe thing. So I've just been playing Halo mostly. Halo Infinite, specifically. Uh, the multiplayer finished this weekly's challenge. I got a color for uh, that's ugly for an armor that's ugly that I'm never going to use. Entrenched game mode is back. Uh, Halo's still good, though. What is Entrenched? I don't remember that one. Uh, that's that's a land grab one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never mind. I remember now. Yeah. But already leaving games of the play. I finished Yakuza 0, Nave. Hell yeah. Backlog. Uh, Keith, have you played Yakuza 0? Not thing. yet. I think okay. that's where I last... I've been playing through the franchise, and that's literally the next one that I have to play. The next uh, no one? major spoilers, then. Okay, uh, appreciate it. What did you start yeah, with? It's... Eight? Did you mean seven? No, I started from the beginning. I started with oh, one. one. Okay, yeah. well, you'll you'll probably appreciate zero in in a like a little bit more than Philip, but in a different way. Like Philip, Philip is probably going to enjoy Yakuza one more after you playing Yakuza zero than you're going to enjoy Yakuza zero after playing Yakuza one. If that makes sense. Uh, I don't know, man. Those first couple Yak- Yakuza games are a little rough around the edges. Really? I, I'm playing them in order of release. So not like order of story or anything like that. So uh, just casually, I'm not I'm not playing them for any I'm not going to cover them or I don't plan to at least. So uh, just it's just a casual playing thing that I'm doing for myself. So Yakuza is a great casual game, too. It's a good throw line game because it's like you can easily put it down, pick it up. It's surprising how much you would remember, too, like even though. You don't understand Japanese or Japanese names, and everyone's names start getting confused. But once you start seeing faces, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. I remember what he did. Which, speaking of faces, my only complaint, because I really love the game, really good. Majima, like at the beginning, he is a nightclub uh, manager, and he's got like a dark suit and everything. And I'm like, buy Shore's beard, a handsome man in Falkreath. Like, he's a he's a sharp-dressed <laughs> man. But then, at the end of the game, he, he has um, some trauma he goes through. And he ends up getting that a haircut. tradition in Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone gets, gets a little a wee bit of he, trauma. He goes to a new stylist that picks out a new like suit and outfit for him. And I'm not digging this new new look, Nave. I like a classic sharp Majima. Is this just him from now on? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the thing. So in Kiryu as well, when Kiryu goes and make, gets his own outfit, he wants yeah, the, he that is suit. You're supposed to be like, oh, there he is. That's Kiryu. Yeah, that's, that's what I saw him like this. Is the one, like he, he has like the red and white opposed to the um the the gold chain, whatever the other suit was. I don't even remember. And yeah, white. his his young his young days suit. But yeah, I recommend the game. Go play it. And that puts me at bumps me up the ten point two percent through my backlog at this point. Yakuza Zero should probably count as like three games, like uh, like yeah, how long, long those games are. Yeah, I think it was like over fifty hours, right next to Power Wash Simulator in length. The problem is, is that the Yakuza games have like three full-length movies worth of cutscenes, and like you yeah. actively want to just sit there and absorb it all. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to skip those cutscenes. And then there are like so many side quests that are hit and miss, where it's like some of them are worthless, but some of them are solid fucking gold, baby. And it's like you don't know which one is which until you like go through it all and read halfway through one, and you're like, oh, I think this is going nowhere. Yeah. So you don't know what to skip. Oh. One side quest that I am going to spoil is uh, the Shakedown Police. 
or the the search in whatever. Do you, you remember that one? Oh, the shakedown dudes. You, the no, dudes that roll around. Not him. Not the shakedown guy. Not Mister Shakedown. But um, there was a cop. His whole point was he his partner was knifed and died, and so he was dedicated to removing any weapons from people. Oh so yes. Stand on the street yes, and yes, search people. <laughs> and he searched you and, every time you walked by. Yeah, was that was suspicious. It. I would not intentionally like seek out the side quest, but you'd just be walking by. He's like, hey, <laughs> hey, you, Kiryu. And you're like, what? You know, <laughs> and he comes over and he's like, you know, search, search time. And you're like, all right, search me. And of course, I never had any weapons or anything on me. And he's like, all right, you're good. And then he would give you like a little backstory <laughs> like, each time he did it. And then you know, I'm like, look, I'm trying to like save some blind woman. I don't have time for this. But I ended up like finishing his quest line just by walking around the city. God, that's some of the that's some of the magic of Yakuza too. The later games uh, will show you where the side stories are. So because that's a big complaint, where a lot of the side stories there's in random spots you have to walk by in certain times of the day. But uh, it, it's a lot of the later games will show you. But in the like the exploration of that Kamarucho, whenever you're not so used to the city, like when you're just going there with fresh baby eyes, man, I wish I could be like that again. Just because that city seems so massive, and now I know that place. I could literally draw a map of Kamarucho better than I could draw a map of mm. America. Like yeah. I don't, I don't know where the it's, states are, but I could tell you where the fucking uh, pawn shop alley. is. Yeah, yeah the yeah. bowling alley. It's like God. It's it huge. never changes. Where right. are you gonna say, Keith? I was just gonna say, yeah, it's been great, kind of seeing going through the games and seeing the evolution of Kamarucho as as the games keep progressing and they're able to actually put more of it in there and make it a lot more detailed. Are you playing, uh, are you starting Kawami or are you starting with the OGs? The OGs. Oh, oh see, really? oh, that's what, when you were like, the games are rough around the edges, and, I, and that was what I was going to ask, and then we went on a whole tangent, because I was like, mm. man, no, Kawami right. is like one of the best Yakuza games, and it's so jarring, because it's like, Yakuza 3, everyone holds it high in high regard, but it's one of my least favorite ones, because it is the worst performing one, because Kawami and Kawami 2 are like, 1 and 2 remade, and then 3 mm. is so three is now the oldest one and so it's such a jar kawami 2 is one of the newest games and then you have to go to from that to one of the oldest games that's the biggest problem with playing them in chronological order is is that you will probably dislike three just on the merit of how poorly that game runs because that engine it's the first one on the playstation 3 so it's like that engine is not like optimized yet like they don't I have to think it's down. i think it's as far as playing it goes it's probably one of the slowest games too like it takes a while to actually get going and doing anything yeah it's a i always tell people like a lot of people don't like to eat and play games but i always tell people this is a dinner game like pretend this is just a movie or a tv show like this was my game of thrones for years now like just getting through this and i'm still going through it and there's three more games coming out <laughs> I love the three more games coming out. I know, I can't so wait. many but games I'm so excited. And it's like, uh, I'm just trying to get through Judgment now. And, and so I can play Lost Judgment. So I can play the fucking Samurai Shampoo edition of, of and it's not even <laughs> Kiryu. They're actual people. It's like, God, man. I'm eating good. All right. That's all my crap. Nave, what did you buy this week? Nothing. I didn't buy we nothing. did that last week. Right? Yeah, we did that. Uh, we've been recording on Tuesday the last two weeks. So it's been really goofing up the whole schedule and everything. But now we're back on Sunday, back to the days before uh, the the sales come out. Excellent. That moves right into our Patreon section. Thanks, Michael Superbacker, Hopple, and Pinecast. Pinecone. 
he has podcast as his uh, handle. But patrons, you guys have access to early releases of Listening Together, our sideshow, where so far we have covered Final Fantasy VIII and Pokemon the First Gen, and our, we are lining up to do StarCraft II as our next original soundtrack review. Keith, do you like original soundtracks in video games? Hell yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, what, what's what's a good one? What jumps to your mind? Dame, oh, dame, dame, no, dame. Just beautiful make me, make me. That's an excellent one. That is a good, excellent one. Would you like to come back and talk about that on the pod, dude? Yes, absolutely, a hundred percent. I'll add you to the list. All right. So there if you want list. early access to those, those episodes are going to be coming out once a month. But if you want them, the second I get done editing them, go subscribe to our patron. They're on there. We should probably start releasing our episodes a little early down there too. It's hard when they get when, when we record on Tuesday. That's impossible. So it's like that's just a perk. It's a, it's a, it's as soon as we're done editing them, not on a schedule. So don't expect them on any specific day. But it yeah. sucks having a schedule. Take my word okay. for it. I hate it. <laughs> All right, Nave. This is the point where I asked you about the Twitter, but I see the Twitter. And I can see that no one has replied. Yeah. Every single time you log into the Twitter, my my uh, phone goes crazy. It's like, an unknown person <laughs> has signed in to your Twitter from Texas Air Force Base. I'm like, oh, it's fine. All right. So no one wanted to talk about this game. That's understandable. Whenever I booted up my friends list to just see what other people were playing this game, I think I had Nave and one other person that had one hour in this game out of all my friends. I had at least a dozen, but I, I really? have a lot of friends. Yeah. This is the most overlooked game of 2021. I'm just saying it right now. All right, well, let's Ooh. take a break and then we'll get into it. And we're back. Final Fantasy Origins, Stranger of Paradise. This game came out... Where's oh, I lost my notes. Uh, came out March 2022. It was developed by Team Ninja, the guys behind Dead or Alive and Ninja Gaiden, published by Square Enix, no surprise. Oh, no, did I say... Most overlooked of 2021. I don't know what fucking year it is anymore. <laughs> Most well, March overlooked. March is pretty early. Yeah, both. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't need an excuse, Philip. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Released this year. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Oh. I meant 2022. Anyway, continue. I'm right. sorry. Quick little store description. With the memory of their struggle buried deep in their hearts, in this hardcore action RPG, Jack must hazard numerous challenges to bring the light of the crystals back to Cornelia, a kingdom conquered by darkness. Will restoring the crystals light usher in peace or a new form of darkness? Dot, 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 or perhaps something else entirely from the Microsoft store. I like it when video games go out, <laughs> when developers go out of their way to put a decent description in their video games. Yeah. Um, gives you a little bit of lore. That's like whenever you're going home with the case and you look at the 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 instruction the manual. Cover. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any cold water, so I'm just going to drink another beer. Can I derail a little bit? What is your history with Final Fantasy, the Final Fantasy series? Well, Philip, lucky for you, stole... that's at the next section. <laughs> he stole your section. Oh, <laughs> shit. My bad. That was so incredibly on the rails. <laughs> He's re-railing us. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll take this one. So like they always say like oh you know your favorite final fantasy is probably the first one that you finished or whatever and that that's so true for me because mine was final fantasy 15 was the first one i played and finished and i loved it so much wow like I, it's my favorite final fantasy this one it got me into the series from then i finished seven i've started eight and ten a little bit 
I've played Final Fantasy 14 online a little bit. I played I completely finished 13-1 and I'm working on 13-2 now. Like I'm just face first into all the modern Final Fantasies at this point. What I want to know I just want to play more. Really is that like besides Final Fantasy 7, are you just going on Metacritic and finding the lowest rated ones and then just going no. that's the first one I'm going to play. This is the second one. Going no, going Usually 15, I look at 13. the cover. Ah. Well, like, then you. What about Final Fantasy VI? That's got a bitch in cover. Wait, which one's six? The one before seven. The... Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Philip actually put his hand in his face. Yeah. Well, okay, is that the chibi one? Yeah, With all Vivi? of them. All well, no, no, no. I mean, that's nine. Oh, but I thought you meant chibi sprites, which is all of mm. the. Oh, one that's the one with the monkey as the main character, right? No, that's no? also nine. <laughs> okay. It's uh, not. Yeah. It's a chibi. It's a. It's a sprite game. Mm, no, don't know it. Do you think okay, they're ever? But, do you think they're ever going to release the, uh, the big old sprite edition? You know how they released all the old Final Fantasies on the cell phone last year, or they announced it or something at like E3 or whatever the E3 equivalent was. Do you think they're ever going to release it on Xbox? Considering they're skipping Xbox on literally fucking everything else. Are you talking about the pixel remasters? Yeah. Yeah. Because those gotta come to the consoles eventually, right? I would hope so. I mean, I. I have all of them, so I don't know if I would. I would probably. I would. I'm lying to myself. I would probably rebuy the Absolutely. first six Final Fantasies again. But that's the thing. Like I'm so I'm getting so upset with Square Enix because they have they're sitting on gold and then they're just like, but Xbox are second class citizens. If you play an Xbox, you are trash goblins in our eyes. So you're literally the not. I was gonna say Tonberry, but that's an iconic character. What's a shitty Final Fantasy character? I don't. Or, I don't uh, know. Maybe Marlboro. Chimera. Yeah, that Mar- works. That's the, an iconic one, too. <laughs> uh-huh. I was trying to think of iconic, but shitty. But they suck. Like, like uh, Magikarp. Okay. Wolf? Oh, yeah, yeah, wolves? sure. Wolf. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, my, my analogy fell apart. But um, yeah, they, they are definitely... Ju- they just don't want my money. That's how I feel about it. I know they're getting a back from Sony, obviously. It's, it's, not a, it's not about anything else but money, but it still annoys the living piss out of me. And then you go on Twitter and everyone's like, but Xbox players don't buy the fucking games. I'm like, you're not required to buy every single fucking game. It's like, I know I I do it because I have my disposable income literally just exclusively is for video games. So it's like, yeah, I don't mind buying Soul Hackers 2, even though fucking nobody's talking about it. Like, I don't mind buying these games that I'm like, I am interested in it. I'll buy Judgment full price. I'll buy Yakuza 6 at full price. I don't fucking care. Or 7. Also, when you consider the actual market these days microsoft is actually getting a pretty good foothold on japan so yeah they are whereas they never really had that in the east so they're they're actually kind of beating sony out as far as that goes so that's a completely viable market now where microsoft could have these old school jrpgs on game pass and people would probably check them out Absolutely, especially after the success of Yakuza. I'm so happy Yakuza oh, blew yeah. up on Xbox because it really did oh, – it, it blew the door off the hinges for Sega, man. And Sega and Microsoft have always had a pretty good relationship to, even though they're a Japanese and American <laughs> company. You know? like, it, it's like it, – there seems to be like a uh, – like a, what is it? Like an in-group with Japanese developers. Like Sony and Nintendo have this so much more power over these developers than – microsoft does it seems seemingly because of like like you like after years of this it must be because 
Microsoft is American. It can't be because Microsoft's not dropping the bag because Microsoft is clearly dropping the bag. You know what I mean? So it's like it's 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 either the 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 limit on or not the limit, but the bottom line of Game Pass money that they have to get for this for these video games is just becoming increasingly more and more to the point where they're like extorting Microsoft now or like there has to be some kind of in group. Like that's the only thing that I can think of. But then again, I'm just a dummy. The only reason why I even brought up the question, well, well, Nave, you didn't say where you're, where you started with Final Fantasy. I'm sorry, I'm getting oh. ahead of myself. Well, no, I just ranted for like ten minutes instead <laughs> of telling, instead of answering the question, which is a classic Nave blunder. But um, I, Philip, should I tell the story again? How much of the story should I tell? Uh, Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, I went over yes. to a kid's house and he showed me Final Fantasy VIII, and it blew my mind. Like I had, I had no idea that video games could be anything more than Crash Bandicoot or Super Mario 64. You know what I mean? Which are iconic games. But there's, imagine going from Tool Rock and and uh, the Rugrats board game on Nintendo 64, <laughs> and then seeing, <laughs> and then seeing the intro scene to Final Fantasy VIII, like he boss. Emotep or whatever the fuck they're saying, and it's like I'm like <laughs> my little child brain is in, is is going nuts right now. And then immediately after that, you get you're in a, you're a high school kid. I always wanted to be a high school kid. Wow, there I am, and I've got a gun <laughs> that has a sword, and also I'm fighting a dinosaur now. And this school is for fighting people. You're a mercenary? Are you kidding me? It was everything I wanted as a fucking little child, and I played it for about an hour, and then that's it. Obviously, I didn't understand anything, so I kind of just you know wandered around and did stuff but yeah, that's one of the harder ones to get into i as a child i went my entire life essentially just searching for final fantasy 8 and and i was never really a gamer so i didn't have like the vocabulary to describe what this game was but eventually i went to a game store and i was like hey guy i have been looking uh just i have money and i've been looking for this game on the playstation 1 that is like pokemon but it's got a really cool guy and he's got a cool sword. And the guy's like, I got you, fam. And he takes me to the he takes me to the back and puts me down with a shotgun. He takes me to the side of the store where all the retro games are. I see Final Fantasy VIII and I'm reaching for it. And he puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like, No, 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 that's not the one you want. You want this one. And he grabs Final Fantasy VII and gives it to me. Because I did technically also just describe that game. And so yeah, the, the same game. Uh, so I played Final Fantasy VII waiting to see the cool school and the fucking dinosaur and the fuck. So I played Final Fantasy VII just disappointed the whole time because it was uglier than I remembered. So I was like, man, I was an idiot as a kid because Final Fantasy VIII looks so much better than VII. You you could argue that this it, that VII is more stylized and the, and that's more of a, a taste. But I say, I mean, objectively, the sprites are better. The character models they went for a more realistic look for the characters than uh, the chibi versions of seven and nine. But uh, that's basically, I accidentally, I tried to TLDR, but I just told the whole story. So what I was going to say, the reason why I brought up the question is because Strangers of Paradise has so, so many, I don't even want to call Easter eggs or callbacks because it's technically very much part of this overarching story of what's happening in this fucking game. But there's so much, I guess, for lack of a better term, so many references to, I mean, not only is this supposed to be kind of like a remake of Final Fantasy 1 or like a retelling of that very first NES game. Yeah, like game. a prequel retelling. Yeah. 
it, there's also nods to uh, Final Fantasy 3, Final Fantasy 5, Final Fantasy 6, 7, 8, 9, 11, 14, 15. <laughs> like it's 13 all... as well. They 13, pulled yes. the main theme. Yeah. As like, and I think, I don't know which level was, maybe the forest or something like that? The, there's a like forest they... level with uh, the the rain mechanic in it, which is yeah, that's it. pulled straight from Final Fantasy 13. Yes. You're, yeah. It, it, and I'm like, oh, I played this one. I know this one, Nave. I get yeah. this reference. <laughs> There was one ruin we were in, and I was specifically like, this just area just, just like, I feel like I'm playing 13 right now. And Villa was like, you know, I see what you mean. Because it's like just a, it's a linear corridor, but there's a bunch of rubble that you had to walk around, but it's, you're still just going in one direction, just in a yeah, loosey-goosey way. And there's a, just dudes wandering around, like soldiers. And I'm just like, this is just, this is the beginning of 13. But specifically, there was a uh, there was a song. Me and Philip were talking about this. Did you ever figure out what song that was from? What game that was from? Because it no, was literally it was just in the volcano the main, level. I think. Yeah, the volcano level had one of the bigger songs from either seven or eight, where uh, it was it's just eight. the main theme of a song. Is it eight? We thought it was eight as well. It's eight. It's the that whole thing is the reference to beginning of eight, where you go and fight Ifrit. And get him as a GF. Oh my god, that makes so much ah, sense. It, it does make so much sense. Mm. That's such a good part. It's such a good fucking song. It's such mm. a good song. Yeah, my my whole thing with Final Fantasy started back in like 93 when I played Mystic Quest, which is not the game most Final Fantasy fans, I guess, would say is a good game. I think it's fine. It's definitely not my favorite. Uh, and then from there, I kind of went to I went to Final Fantasy VII, which was the new hotness. You couldn't really get away from that when that came out. And then from there, I learned about emulation, very the very early emulation scene, and uh, downloaded the games that weren't released in the U.S. at, at the time. So I downloaded uh, Final Fantasy IV. Was Final Fantasy IV out? which was Final Fantasy 2 here in the US. I don't remember. But I got 4, 5 and 6 and then I played through all of those uh through ev- very early emulation and just really bad fan translation. <laughs> uh but it was As good it enough to get be. Yeah, <laughs> it was good enough to get through it, you know. Yeah. And uh obviously those games have been re-released. Uh good on Square for getting that all uh squared squared away squared away. Um, yep, yep. Yeah. That, that was the move that was the clear path that you had to take. now yes yeah so yeah i mean i i was a very early adopter i did not play final fantasy one for the first time until 2014 or something like that somewhere around there and so i've played it a couple times since then and so playing strangers of paradise you know the first couple hours is just a straight remake of that game and i was fanboying all over the fucking place uh especially the scene where they they leave corneria and they they're standing on the mountain or whatever and it kind of shows that one yeah shows the landscape over them because that's a very iconic scene from that first game and i'm just like holy shit like this is a straight up remake which is kind of what they were advertising it as if i remember right but it did not come off that way in the advertising at all. And I, yeah, like I said, I was just fanboying all over the place until the game starts dropping hints that it might be something else entirely, which is Tetsuo Nomura is fuck. Like his fingerprints are all over this fucking game. So, which those oh, yeah. fingerprints 
or like the the hint that this is not your normal game is even listed in the store description where they're like you gotta save the kingdom from darkness or does this create new darkness or something else like they they did not bury the lead on this at all they were like this is origins but this is gonna be it's we're gonna get a little silly in the middle Nomura makes me a little frustrated. Well, before with that, I don't know if I muted What's my up? mic in time, but I yelled, what am I doing in the middle of Keith talking? And it, I know Philip's not going to edit that out. So just for reference, my dog was trying to drink out of my bleach toilet just then. And I, I saw her slunk, slunk down the hallway real quietly. And so I saw her in the camera behind me. So that's what that was about. But yeah, whenever he was talking about this was supposed to be like a retelling of this, I was going to say, so in Nomura remake, because that's what Nomura yeah. does. Um, yeah. It makes me think of whenever they were talking about Final Fantasy, they were talking to, I think it was Nomura, about Final Fantasy VIII, and someone asked him about uh, the Squall has, Squall dies at the beginning of the first, this isn't a spoiler, it I've, sounds like a spoiler, but uh, Squall dies at the end of first disc, he doesn't, that's the theory, it's a fan theory, it's one of those like purgatory, everything's a dream kind of like theories. And yeah, the Jorah's uh, Mask thing. And uh shit what was i saying oh the namora was like no that's absolutely not what happened but that's an interesting idea i might think about that later and and everyone's like no no don't give them ideas but it's too late <laughs> so if there it ever if it ever gets remade in 2093 then uh that's probably going to be the storyline but i'm always of the mindset that give me a laguna game give me a laguna game i don't want final fantasy 8 remade final fantasy 8's fine Nobody likes Final Fantasy VIII, so there's never going to be a remake or any side games. Nobody cares about that game. There's a it's lot of love. I think I'm just in a in an echo chamber on Twitter. I care but about it. I'm not speaking for myself, but I'm just speaking as the general fandom of Final Fantasy. Nobody I, I likes agree that game. As well. I agree as well. There, it's I fucking one of love the Final Fantasy ones. VIII. Well, people complain about 13, but that game got like three sequels. Go, Everyone, go listen to State of the Arc. There's a podcast where they talk for like nine hours dissecting the characters disc by disc. You can, It's like play along almost. And they, they're like literary analysis, and they're looking at the characters of that game. And it makes you – they, they get so much more information than I ever picked up on that game. It's really cool. I'll, I, I'll I, say I, it right now. Final Fantasy VIII is probably in my top five. For, me too as far as it, the main line main line it's mostly go. nostalgia but it's also i've learned that sy the junction system so well that it just it's such a good system it's so it's so obtuse but once you understand like it's not that difficult to understand but i, I was a child when i figured it out but it's also like if you're yeah. having trouble go into the tutorial like menu on the on the whatever it is and they, it dis it explains everything so simply in a way that i wish the regular tutorial was in the beginning of the game but you have to like look for that so whatever all right so this game final fantasy origins stranger in paradise of paradise uh is very silly uh last time we had you on we talked about resident evil 6 once again one of the sillier resident evils and we've already made a lot of references to chaos which the whole point of this game anymore? What, more, more chaos references? Yeah, you need more. Yeah, sure. What, what do you got? Oh, nothing right now. I'll just drop them casually okay. in conversation. Absolutely. We need a... Because that that's what Jack would do. Three that's to all seven I'm here to do. ratio of chaos in this episode to chaos in the video game. Yeah, and that's capital C chaos, as in a person. So our main character, Jack Garland, he after playing this game, which me and Abe didn't even finish it, we played this game for 19 hours, and then we knew we had to meet you at one, and I had to go to a wedding shower like yesterday all the way in Dallas. So I was gone for like an extra like day. Uh, so we weren't able to finish it, but I just binged the last, like, I don't know, three, four hours of the game on cutscenes. Like I just watched it. So I know how it ends. 
Nave, did you see how it turned out? No, I I played Fortnite and fell asleep. Oh man, there is so many twisties at the end. Dude, <laughs> well, so here was my mindset. I was like, to hear it from to hear it described horribly from Philip's mouth, but rather than watch a cutscene, that seems a lot funnier. And I wasn't expecting twisties, but I'm, expi- I'm well, excited okay. to get Are my mind blown. Are we going full alone. spoiler mode right now? Okay, yeah, because because I cannot wait to talk about this fucking ending. <laughs> oh, before it, we, before we get there, though, oh, never mind. I want I want to talk about Jack and how much I love him. That he, I think he's my favorite Final Fantasy character right now. Like even more than Zaz. Like Jack is now a special place in my heart of just madness in a character. Because the whole premise is that he is an incomplete person. And you find out in the story that Jack is not okay. But before that, he just seems like an insane douchebag. Oh, God. Because every time the whole fucking Kingdom Hearts, Garbo, there's like three different people that are just one guy. They're not doing that, are they? No, it's one guy, but he's not complete. Because he doesn't have his memories. Well, thank God. Yeah. I just want to highlight some of the, the things he did. Uh, he does a lot of grunting, a lot of fist bumping. <laughs> at, one, at one point, he punches the princess. What? One of the, I, yeah, one of the iconic... Yeah, I guess you missed that scene. One of the iconic moments, this has been covered in like a lot of stuff, is when he's talking to the king, and the king is like, hey man, chaos isn't real. Uh, you guys are just basically the heroes of light to give people hope. Uh, go out there and let, why don't you clear some crystals from darkness or something? You know, go touch grass. And Jack looks at him and he's like, bullshit. And starts playing Limp Biscuit and walks out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> he does it again when you when you free Neon and she's like, oh, we have to go, you know, find the darkness or where the where the darkness is coming from. Yeah, seek and, darkness. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, he basically does the same thing. He's like, shut up, bitch. And he turns around and puts on Linkin Park or something. Dude, there uh, were so many points like this. Like, um... Uh, I was playing a Knaves game a lot, so I was a, I was just whatever character you'd fill in, and I became Jed. You were Jed. always Jed. I always made you yeah. Jed. And it's so funny because Jed is just like this skinny hipster-looking punk. Uh, he is like He literally always... looks like the, the guy, Prompto from Final Fantasy XV. Yeah, just it's the same hair. guy. It's like the same It's the same guy model. where he's just like, uh, hey guys, I'm glad to be here. I'm sorry I suck, is basically his character. And there was one scene where, like, they're starting to get their memories back. All the strangers, like, none of them have their memories, but they have their their chaos eggs of darkness. And they're starting to get their memories back as they're playing. And Jed walks in front of the group before you guys go into, like, I don't know, one of the temples. Which and he's like, Jack. Because what? this was the scene directly after, I'm pretty sure, when the girl did the same thing. And then she told, she was like, I'm like a traitor, I guess. I don't remember what the scene was about. She's like, I'm, I've been lying to you guys, yada, yada, whatever. And then she reached up for a fist bump. And I'm like, oh, Jack is definitely fist bumping her. Because that's his weakness. He, ha- he has to reciprocate the fist bump. That's, like, compulsory <laughs> for him. So he does. So go on. Jed does Yeah, so now. Jed... Basically does the same thing where he's like, all right, group, it's my turn to share. Uh, did I put down the quote? Hold on. Let me look. Oh, he says, I, I like to speak my mind as he stands in front of everyone. And Jack goes, uh, shut up. And walks past him. It's just like, what? This is so different from. Yeah, he never talks after that. Uh, and in 15. Like, there's so many scenes with Prompto where you're sitting on the gas station and you talk about your feelings, how he doesn't feel good enough to be a part of the group and stuff like that. <laughs> and then you come here and it's like the same character. And he's like, shut up and just walk fast. <laughs> you don't have time for this. The best part it. of Jack is the fact that 
the arm i'm sure we'll talk about the pickups in this game yeah we will god yes the costumes the armor i call them they're more like costumes than armor that you pick up just make these characters look absolutely insane and one of my favorite (laughs) parts of the game was when i had like jack in like this metal trench coat with all these belts on it and he's wearing a fedora and one of the bosses is going through like his huge evil monologue or whatever and the boss is like my name is and then jack is like i don't give a fuck who you are like just cuts him off and like anime punches him in the face like in this fedora with this metal trench coat on i'm like this is so far removed from anything final fantasy I like how different characters they some characters have variations of the of the gear as well. Like I remember my I, I had Jack with the fedora and then I got new armor because you have an optimized button and it literally just equips everyone in the party with the best stuff. So usually the best stuff's on Jack and then he, everyone else gets hand me downs. So I had the girl, one of the girls in the party, the the last party member that you get, and she kind of wore oh, the Sophia. fedora to Sophia, the side yeah. like on the on the on the at an angle. And I was like, well, the fedora looks really cool on her, actually. It just looks like fucking goofy on Jack. But- <laughs> it's, so <laughs> it's like Jack's either like knockoff Ninja Gaiden Bane or Milady wearing fedora guy. But it's so funny because like it's the opposite of Milady, but it's like the, the thing with him is that he would be the one to be wearing the fedora because he's such Absolutely. a edgy boy. Yeah. It's so funny. The, I want to backtrack on what I said just a second ago because this is very Final Fantasy. Like that imagery is all there like as far as the, you know, half sci-fi, half med- medieval look that those first couple of games are known for. It's all there. <laughs> yeah. Especially right when you talk about all of the references to, you know, Final Fantasy 7 or Final Fantasy 3, like all that stuff is very faithful to what those games were. It's the writing and the dialogue that is nothing like any of these other games. Yeah, there's there's zero flop with Jack because yeah. every other character is in the world. Jack is just breaking the mold every step of the way. Well, he's where... from the future. Well, they're all technically from the future, right? What? Yes. Okay. Okay. So let's explain <laughs> what the strangers are. So in, you know, stop me if I'm wrong because you've played it more than me. Me and Nave only have like 19 hours in the game. Yeah. Only played... 19. I clocked in at um, 28 hours and 51 minutes. Okay. So yeah, he, just, he only played the game for 17 Titanics back to back. Yeah, I, I did dive into chaos mode. After you beat the game, there's an optional uh, difficulty mode. So I, I played a little bit in chaos mode as well. So there's a race of almost like outer dimensional beings called Lufarians. And they, they basically are handlers or these strangers and the strangers are semi-humans i'm not really clear on that you know can you tell me about more about the strangers from what i understand yeah they are just basically husks that are sent with one purpose and that's to go change the this is where it gets really namora <laughs> yeah go and change the timeline of events of certain games i think it it works really well in the context of Final Fantasy 1 because the you know as loose of as loose as that story is because uh, it is from 1987 uh Gar- when you the first thing you do is you go to the chaos shrine and you fight Garland just like yeah. in this game and it turns out 
that Garland is technically sent from the future as well and was sent there by Chaos and not the Lufarians. The Lufarians are in Final Fantasy 1, but it is just this basically the civilization that existed in the sky. And because of the the crystals which were shattered, uh, the island came crashing down in, into the planet or whatever. So now the Lufarians are just uh, on the planet. So they're just like this race of technological high-powered beings or whatever. Nothing more than that. They didn't really play that much of a role in the first game. Oh, God. But in here, yeah, they kind of flesh it out a little more where, yes, the strangers and the quote-unquote warriors of light that we see in this game are from the future where i now where i get confused they're from the future past actually (laughs) (laughs) they go double back in the past at one point there's something about these final fantasy stories like hearing them explain that just gives me so much tension right between my eyes (laughs) so so yeah so jack specifically was sent to this final fantasy one timeline to carry out the events that play out in Final Fantasy 1. The now what this really brings up is that so the Lufarians are they also involved in the rest of the mainline series then? Yeah. It's like can you continue <laughs> like, the origin series and just be like hey, we have different strangers in each run that they want wait, to Wait, so what like, what this you is guys the, are implying is that all the Final Fantasy games are actually connected in some loose way because yes. of this game. I think that's yes, what's the, this the, is the, the bridge. Is. That makes me this want to projectile the, vomit. This is Nomura <laughs> connecting Final Fantasy together and Kingdom Hearts. Into a giant MCU. Oh, God, not that one, too. Yes, yes. This is what that ending implies. Okay. The, that's the So that's the ending. Well, hold on. So I've got questions. Wait, hold, no, hold on. on. I'm let, about to go wild. Let me, let me hold on. Wild. Let me finish up my thought here because where I get confused is when... Jack goes to the Chaos Shrine, and he knows that he is now Chaos, and he's sitting what? there. And as we soon are as... jumping so far, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking. Well, we're still talking. About. Listen, I'm just talking about the what I'm talking about the ending as far as who the strangers are and if they come from the future. Because when you look at Jed and Sophia and Neon and um, what's the la- what's the last dude's Ash. name? Uh, Ash. They are the four fiends yes. that you fight in the game. So what? First of all, they know more than they are led than we are led to believe throughout the game, right? Yes, that, everyone except for Jack kind of knows what's going on in Neon. I think Jack uh, literally abstains, though. He's like, I refuse to remember. They like, let's <laughs> talk about our past, and they're like, Jack doesn't like it when we talk about the past, and everyone has like a weird domestic violent relationship where they all look <laughs> at Jack. <laughs> <laughs> like, we can't talk about that here. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's. And that's why I like Jack so much. I mean, I if we want to go back all the way to that point, he he is on a mission. And I mean, the Lufarians made him that way. He is on a mission. He doesn't care who gets in his way or whatever. He will fucking stomp anybody out. He needs to kill chaos. That's what he needs to do. That's what he needs to become. And I mean, as goofy as it is, as goofy as those lines come off, he, you know, he does have a character arc, which... <laughs> is really silly to say but he does it's not a good character arc there's still one in there you know i was so. literally gonna say like him just going okay 
to anything. Just like, okay, I will. <laughs> like that that yeah. would technically be a character arc because he's just so <laughs> bluntly negative. It's so funny. It's great. But he's and he's like negative but like in an aggressive way. Like it's so great. I mean, I, I would just well, want to keep ranting about this ending here, but I let's like speed you run said, the characters I think, then. That way we can get yeah, to the I'm story. Getting ahead of myself, so yeah, go ahead. So we we have Jack Jack Arland, the main character, best boy, also jerk. Uh, then we have Neon, who isn't a stranger, but she basically joins the Warriors of Light. Uh, Which we one? have she's the, the last woman, right? No, or Neon the is woman. the first one no. we get from the she, Chaos Shrine. She's she the is one trapped that was inside like... the the Garland armor. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, then we have Ash and Jed, the two sidekick main dudes that are the bros where you're like, we just kill monsters together and we all have black eggs. And they're like, oh, well, I have a black egg too. And that's pretty interesting that this they seem the to most, know. It is like, you know how drowned out Dragon Ball Z is? It is like the opposite of that. It is like five <laughs> seconds of, hey, I'm here to kill chaos. Me too. All right, we're all friends. Let's go together. Like they don't yeah. even... I don't That's even it. know if they know their names. Did they introduce themselves in that first cutscene? I don't even think so. Uh, no, they just they just grunted at each other. They're like sitting on the boat <laughs> in the garage. And then and it's like Ash and Ash and Jed are on their subtitles, and so they're just like the reader's gonna see that probably. <laughs> like it's just, just I think yada, that's yada, exactly yada, what it is. Yeah, I think that's what the case is. Yeah, you gotta respect the last, it. The last warrior of light we get is Sophia, who makes everything fancy as hell. By explaining everything in flowery language, just so Jack can go, I don't give a damn. And then <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole point of that character. Uh, so these others like side warriors, they don't matter that much. But then we have the characters that aren't the warriors of lights. We have Princess Sarah, who is in love with Jack. And we have Astros, who is also in love with Jack. And these are our who? main... <laughs> Which one the, is that? The dark, the dark elf. Astros, king of the dark elf. Oh, I don't care who you are. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. That guy has such an arc. He becomes yeah. like yeah. he he's your um praise the sun. Oh, what's his name? Solaire. From Dark Yeah, Ooh, like Solaire. He is your sidekick. Right now for you not remembering oh, Solaire. Oh, sorry, I got excited. But he is always there. Like every time you handle a boss, he's your Solaire. He's there. He touches in. He talks to you, and he's like. It's good to see you again, Jack. And Jack's like, well, let's move on. I got to get the next crystal. <laughs> you start seeing so many flashbacks. Like right, basically, Nave, right after we stopped playing, Astros takes the lead because we got to the point where we finished all the crystals. Yeah. We go back and we meet Astros and Astros is really pissed at us. And we end up getting in a fight with him and we kill him. But then what? we absorb the darkness from him. We get our memories back at this point, And it turns out, he was created by the Lufarians as our guide slash handler while we we're in the timeline. And he's like an immortal vampire, dark elf, god type thing where we interact with him every time. He doesn't change any of the events, but he guides us. And we bonded with him and we said, look, Jack's like, I know you're trapped in this timeline. What if you came back with us to the Lufarians to paradise? And he's like, I can't come back with you. It's against the rules. And he's like, I'll talk to him. I'll change the rules. And he's like, oh, Jack kisses him on the cheek. You'll never remember this. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I'll never forget you, Astros. Instantly forgets him. Goes you know, like, <laughs> as, is, then, as is uh, Jack's character. Yeah, it's not that he forgets him. He physically can't remember because all his memories are trapped in the egg. And I don't remember exactly why, but eventually it gets maxed out and he has to leave the timeline. 
and then reset again. So he doesn't remember that he's supposed to help Astros get out of the timeline. And Astros then does all he can to help Jack basically break the loop, break the loop. That's what he's trying to do. Time loop or death loop. That's it. He's trying to break the loop. Yeah. And Jack is just a shit to him all the time. (laughs) And he's like, uh, what was it? I think there was an exact line where he's like, who am I to you, Jack? And he's like, you're Astros, king of the dark elves. You remember your intro that I interrupted? And he's like, <laughs> is that all I am? And then they start fighting, you know, when then we see so many cutbacks of them being like best bros. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have to see all these cutscenes of Jack spending time with the princess and Jack's like, oh, you won't remember me whenever, whenever I leave. And then the princess is like, I'll always remember my first love. And Jack's like, I don't even know your name. <laughs> but then that's like, it's, all foreshadowing too in that scene i fucking love it so much i mean you don't see it till the end end of the game but because he's always because he's talking about how like oh maybe i should become chaos maybe yeah. one day he's like I'll what if to... i kidnapped you princess yeah, what if I kidnapped and i kept you, you in my castle right and she's like well my my father's gonna have to come after you and he's like i'll fucking kill all of them <laughs> yeah. which they do that in the first scene the first Dude, thing you see can we talk about the a intro flash, a flash forward back of going to the future past of an intro of chaos kidnapping the princess. Oh, dude, with, the, I, with the body armor and everything. That's yes, him. That's yes. Dude, the intro of this game is so fucking good, man. It's so I it had me instantly. It, I was like, I'm ready for whatever this game is about to present me because like the just the intro of Garland walking down this hallway. It's super dark in the palace and he's carrying uh sarah over his shoulder or whatever wait jack is garland yeah his name is jack garland that's his full name but he does he didn't have his memories in the beginning so you don't know his last name is garland yeah i just remembered that garland is the person that the princess is looking oh okay all right well all right i'm starting to understand pieces are falling in place and they play they at the end of the game they replay this intro after once jack realizes that he's garland and that he's going to become chaos so man just yeah i'm really glad like as far as the advertising goes if square had put this up front as like their advertising for this game like yeah it probably would have went over really well but imagine the backlash that this game would have gotten if people saw the intro and then the rest of the game was just jack walking around on his ipod and being like fuck you guys <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. i think i think up front them putting the cheesy shit out there in the end probably did better for this game than putting the like super serious dark stuff in there because the, a lot well, of that stuff is neither here or there like it's it's very far few and far in between i should say i feel like i relate so much more with jack as a common video game player where i'm used to putting on my music in the background while i'm playing games just hitting okay Dude. skip, press a to skip in some mm-hmm. cutscenes where i'm like i don't care about you or your backstory i just want to fight you the I player was, is Jack in this experience. I was genuinely going to make that connection. I was like, is this what is this what he imagines people who play Final Fantasy but don't pay attention to the story are like? Like these are just the dumb <laughs> yes, Americans. This is, this is the, the average scenes, Final Fantasy enjoyer. Listening to Limp Biscuit. This is an American. <laughs> and that intro like as far as a Final Fantasy game goes, I mean, yeah, this you add to the edginess of this game because it is extremely violent. It is very bloody. Like that Not intro, like their blood Gar- explodes into crystals yes. when they die. Garland is just like cutting people's heads off and then like 
their heads turn into crystals and then fucking explode. You see them it's, scream in pain. Yeah, there's like it's little fucking crazy. Like little nymph girls on balls, and you knock them off the ball and then smash them with the ball. It's like Doom Eternal. You're like grabbing a dog by the mouth and ripping him in half, and it's like holy shit. Every <laughs> I time mean, this I is... see one of Jack and every other party member, when you play online, you play as other party members. They just go hey ya and cut the enemy and they die. <laughs> Jack goes. <laughs> destroying Tyler One mode on these fucking enemies. Slams, dude. Them, slams them against the wall and puts his whole fist in their mouth until they turn to a crystal. <laughs> yeah, rips their stomach lining out and just eats it. Like, what, My... what are you doing, Jack? Like, he's obvious. Okay, so this is something I was really going to ask way earlier, but it would have fucked up all of that good the background that you guys gave me. So now I understand a lot more. But I was going to ask, they set something up really in the middle of the game, basically when we stopped playing, where it was like, they're like, hey, uh, you got all the crystals, everything's shitty, there's supposed to only be four warriors of light, there's a traitor, so is Jack the traitor? Kind of. Let me, all right, let's do a quick rundown of just like story beats. So the strangers show up, uh, we go and we meet Astros after going to the Chaos Shrine because we gotta go meet Shadow Garland, uh, we def- which, Shadow in that Moses. quick little recap to your uh, Doom Eternal fight, or, you know, like a little execution thing or whatever. When you fight Shadow Garland or whatever, there's one point where you guys both do a mirror punch where it looks like it's going to do the thing where either you both punch each other in the face at the same time or you, like, lock fist in a giant knuckle bump. But instead, Shadow Garland hits Jack first and, like, knocks him down. And then he just sees him turn back to the camera really angry. And then he just, like, punches his head off and Neon's, like, in the armor or whatever. And I'm like, that, that's silly. That's so silly. <sighs> compared to what you would expect. Uh, so yeah, you kill Garland. Uh, then you realize you need to go purify the crystals and save the world. You go and you pur- you purge the darkness from all the crystals, and the darkness actually absorbs back into each player, and they start having flashbacks. <clears throat> we then go back to Astros, who tries to basically guide us. Uh, we end up, he gets pissed off us, and we kill him. But he gives us enough information that when we go back to the castle and realize oh, we basically just kind of unleashed the darkness from the crystals and everything sucks now. The kingdom's being destroyed. And this is the this is the bad timeline. Things are not going well. Uh, the team then turns on Jack and is like, Jack, it's time to do the thing. And Jack's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's, they're like, you need to absorb the darkness or whatever. And Jack's like, what? And all the darkness from the crystals that each of the, the warriors of light have absorbed, all the warriors of light turn on Jack, 4v1, and you have to murder them in the streets. It is, it's pretty brutal because every time you have to press B to finish them off and you have like a moment of holding their body, like in the streets of like, like you're holding Ash and he's like, I don't have any regrets. Do what needs to be done. You know, and then he falls over and then you absorb the darkness out of his egg into your body, I guess. Oh, so you don't rip them limb from limb? No, no, no. You don't. (laughs) There's no No. executions. It's just like a punch to the face. That takes them down. Oh, so what happens to Mo? Like, you, I was gonna say a lot. Like, when you fight the pirates, you just go "Hiya!" and just fucking karate chop them in the neck, and they fall over. <laughs> it, it, and everything else, you're just obliterating. And I was like, it. I was like, Jack is clearly the bad guy because who is the most evil motherfuckers in this entire game? It's the Tonberries. And how does he execute the Tonberries? He very gently puts his hand on their head, and then they become absolved, as Philip said. Sleep now, child. Sleep now. <laughs> yeah. I want to see, yeah, as as more as as far as those uh, break animations go, is it, it's called it's break, right? That whole thing. I think so. I forgot what it's like called. 
Yeah, because you have a, your your limit bar thing that when it breaks, yeah, we're they take more the damage. Gameplay, but since we are talking about those finishers or whatever, my favorite one is during the section where you're you're basically you're in the Final Fantasy VII area of the game, and you pick up those Shinra soldiers and you fucking pile drive them straight into the <laughs> ground, and then you punch them right. What does he do? He like punches no, them then, in the like, balls. And then while their neck is planted into the ground, Jack just takes his boot and crushes their taint so hard that they explode. <laughs> he literally it's steps so... on them in half, like he turns yes. their ass crack yeah. into a body crack. Like that is my great. favorite one. It's just the animation of him picking them up turning them over and slamming them into the grounds. You're going nowhere! And then he fucking <laughs> suplexes them. That's so Dude, awesome. fucking crazy. Alright, so during the scene where the Warriors of Light or our Warriors of Light attack us, uh, we get a quote from Ash, I think, and he <clears throat> literally says, we have never lived this long or we've never made it this far into the timeline. And I'm like... What? Wait, so if they like die, this? it's like totally fine? Yeah, then they just reset and do it again. So it's like it's like prey moongrash. Is this Maybe? all a simulation? So they're not Maybe. afraid See, to die. Are they know. reborn like, or are they like okay? Because like, they are visiting these different these different timelines almost of Final Fantasy games. Like I said, I just talked about the Final Fantasy VII one, where you're very much in a Mako reactor. So is it these, like Final are, Fantasy VIII are, where they're go where the time? Ugh! edit i mean dude yeah because that game has time shit in it too so wait what does anything mean anymore it's not not obvious for like 29 hours oh god we've got to talk about after the show we've got to talk about this because philip's not going to edit it out you know all the warriors of light are laying on the ground and for one last knuckle bump he puts out his knuckles and he absorbs the shadow energy from their corpses laying on the ground as he gets like flashbacks to all the scenes where they bumped knuckles together. And like, this is incredible. I love they give it. You, they give you the old power wash simulator ending. They do. And then he gets a flashback and he's like, he's like, he has his memories at this point because the princess dies too. And uh. she gives him back the egg that he gave her and the egg contains the memories. So at this point, Jack knows what's going on. Because he didn't know at this point because he refused to listen to his teammates. He refused to, I don't know, check his egg to get updates from the server or whatever. I don't know. But for whatever reason, he didn't want his memories. And now he gets them. And this is where uh, he gets the cutscene of him playing his iPod for the princess. And the princess is like, (laughs) I love this song. And he's like, I could give it to you. And she's like, no, I memorized it. And under, what song is he playing? Because they references like she plays it on the lute at one point. And I'm like, I assume he's just playing break stuff by Limp Bizkit or something. <laughs> Evanescence's uh, yeah. bring me to life or whatever. Just one of those days where you don't want to wake up. Yeah, and she's just sitting there in her white fluffy dress listening to it. It's like, hey, I memorized Jack. it. Hey, Jack, take me to the Matthews Bridge. <laughs> He has all his memories back, and now he's like, time to finish this, but I don't know what to do. If only I had my best friend to guide me, looks into the distance, sees Astros, and Astros, literally a quote from earlier in the fight, hey, it's always at the Chaos Shrine, go to the Chaos Shrine. And then he's like, oh, I'll go to the Chaos Shrine. And then you have an, an incredible like rehash to the first level of the game when you fight to the Chaos Shrine. You do it again as a Chaos Darkness God, fighting your way through there, and that, that when you get to the point where he's like the darkness is so thick i can taste it whenever he drops that <laughs> line whatever he's like 
I mm. am the darkness, pretty much. Like he's like sweating and like blue <laughs> swirls are coming off of him. And he's like extra Super Saiyan God purple mode. Which and is something walks- you in chaos mode when you when you play it on that chaos mode, that is something that you can do. It kind of handicaps you because as you play through the game, you will get certain rewards and stuff like that. So if you activate chaos mode, you are Wait. basically losing out on rewards that you that you end up getting. But you're telling you can me that you can like decimate people. You're telling me you can devil trigger in this game. Yes, pretty much. Yes. This I have made so I I can't believe I haven't brought it up when we were talking about the executions. But there's so much devil may cry energy, especially a hundred percent. Like I'm feeling it, and you can devil literally being a game. Your reward is the devil trigger. I'm gonna say this is as far as mechanics go, and I don't know if we're even there yet, but. Between the Devil May Cry, Cry stuff and the traditional <laughs> kind of action JRPG stuff, I want every Final Fantasy game to be this now. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. That. I have no idea. Dude, what I, play. Dude I fucking love how good this game plays, but we're I'm getting ahead of myself. Dude, I'm sorry. I have no, I don't. I have a hard time hearing you because all i could think of is craig the meme the fucking when you said devil may craig i just think of a emo white-haired craig from halo infinite you know what i mean Good. all right am, so, I, am i on my own is that not funny yeah, I, you're on, right. I don't know what you're I know, talking about i know what you're talking about the brute yeah the brute did you ever see halo infinite's reveal the craig meme the brute when he got punched and he just was like he falls over <laughs> like this is fine whatever <laughs> he when he dies he has no like facial animation oh god Whatever. I'm used Okay, to so Jack returns to the Chaos Shrine because that's always where the rendezvous point is to get back into paradise. Uh, the portal appears. The Lefarians are like, oh crap, Jack's here and he's covered in chaos energy and darkness and stuff like that. <laughs> and they're like, we can't let you into paradise because you're all evil and shit. And Jack says, I'm coming in anyways and punches through dimensions by punching the portal and ends up in paradise. The place where Jack, where it's like, remember your warrior spirit or whatever, and you listen to Frank Sinatra while killing goblins, like that area, you go back to that place, and they're like, we got to close them up. Use the crystals. They start dropping crystals around them, and they're like, our technology is millions of years advanced. You can't do anything. And he's like, I am darkness, chaos. And they're like, oh, yeah? Well, we've generated millions of years worth of darkness, and they summon darkness incarnate, and then you get into a darkness, darkness fight. Yeah, where you you kill darkness, you absorb his energy, and wait, this is about darkness now. Yeah, it's not darkness because you're chaos at this point. Easily one of the toughest fucking fights in the game. I you know what the toughest fucking fight is in the game? The fight that made me rage quit because I had to play by myself, Philip, and it was the fucking it was this damn. I don't even remember what the monster was because I was drinking, but dude. We're gonna have to talk about the mechanics of this my, game later because we're gonna get into mechanics. Point. Let's just wrap up the story. Okay, yeah, yeah, go sorry. for it. All right, so you kill darkness, you absorb it, you basically become extra dark lordish, and this is where you're full villain mode. Like you are the bad guy at this point, and they're like, Jack, you know, basically stop being mean. And he's like, you know what? Fuck you, fuck Lefarians, fuck Paradise. I'm doing everything I can to ruin your lives. I don't care if it takes me a million years of darkness. Great. I'm going to destroy everything. And so they're like, yeah, okay, uh, we're not really worried about you. He then uses the darkness powers to basically rip through time, I think, or they send him back. I don't know. He goes 2,000 years before the start of this game and basically starts as chaos at that point. This is where he goes back, back in time, even farther back. And 
God. All of a sudden, he summons his warriors of light, and they're there. And they flash back, and they're like, "So you finally woke up." He took the bright, was it the the red pill to wake up, blue pill, whatever. Like he woke up, and they're like, "He's like, how long have you guys been trying to make me chaos?" <laughs> and they all kind of laugh. Okay, you know, I scene. got it now. Okay, and I understand like, what happened. Okay, what happened? They kind of knew the whole. So the boys or your warriors or whatever were like, "Hey, we need to make you as dark chaos as possible to break the loop." And the big mastermind from everything was you. I know you don't remember it, but it was you and Astros working together to basically coordinate this timeline of events to happen. And meanwhile, Jack's like, I don't remember any of this, but okay. And then we have like more flashbacks of him talking to Astros and them working it all out. Uh, We see flashbacks of each of the fiends that you fought being connected to every one of your four warriors. So you are chaos. These are your four fiends that each represent the shrines. So then I'm like, so did you, those remember when we killed each fiend and there was a body of memories that we absorbed? Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of glitched out. And each, each player would, or each character would absorb their memories back when they killed their fiend. And that's what they were like, okay, I see what's happening now. And that's what continued them to encourage Jack to the final point because everyone got their memories back until finally mm-hmm. the, the crystal that princess Sarah had that had Jack's memories in it finally returned to him. So this was like, everything has been set up in the past and we are just on the final run of this ultimate, uh, uh, what are those games called that? Like you, you just get better and better each time. Like the binding of Isaac roguelike. Yeah. So it's almost like a roguelike and you are on the final run, the run that's going to end it all. Like this is it. And he's like, okay, we need to build up the next warriors of light. And then, you know, he gets super evil. He gets the big armor and then cuts over to the door opening up. And I assume you see the characters walk in that are, are those supposed to be the characters from final fantasy one, the core title that walk in? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. see them walk in and those are the ones that actually finally save, uh, Luf or Corneria or whatever in final fantasy one. I didn't play final fantasy one, but I assume that's how it works out. You, you, you beat darkness, save the princess, right? Side question. Did you guys see the trailer for the DLC for this game? No, I did not. I don't know anything about the DLC. Something Man. to do with the I gods? Just found, I just found out about it this morning, uh, prepping for this episode. I don't remember what, what it's called. Something about the strange... It's about Bahamut. It's something about dragons, strange, I think. No, it's uh, Gilgamesh. Oh, is it? And there's a scene of you fighting the Warriors of Light from Final Fantasy One in that game. And then, of course, Gilgamesh, who is a huge character in the series, uh, played a huge role in Final Fantasy V. And I've just... Man, I I don't <laughs> I've never been excited about DLC as I have for this because I like after this story I have no idea what to expect at this point. Before we get to, like as we like wrap up the story, I just want to say I love this story. It is stupid, it's ridiculous, but I loved it so much. And because I love Final Fantasy 15, which is literally about your grand grandpa getting revenge against your dad by you know basically ruining your life, and he's immortal, and you're also kind of an immortal like Super Saiyan at the same time. It's stupid as hell. I loved it. I love this one. You could probably just watch the cutscenes and get a good laugh out of it, or maybe you'll you'll get read something out of it. I don't know. It's it's good, even though it's, it's so like a, stupid. I definitely want to maybe give go and finish this game, but oh, I'm gonna finish it. Yeah, it, it, I feel bad that we ran out of time so hard, but this game is unbearable. One v one. Now, I I want to I want to kind of address like my silence this for the last like 25 minutes i know that's kind of hard for me to do usually and it's because i was concentrating on this philip 
Oh, I'm, Devil I'm, May Cry Craig. I made Devil May Craig. <laughs> so I'm probably, this is probably, I was just staring at it just in awe of this beautiful art I just made. Devil May Sorry, Craig. Sorry, my mic's muted because somebody started up their beat up Honda outside my apartment. So you're good, you're good. We could have, we could have pretended it was uh, Dante rubbing up his, his chopper. It's, it's Devil May Craig revving up his chopper instead of his motorcycle, his Harley Davidson he has. Yes. Oh, well. All right, Keith, any points on the story before we move away? I'll just say this. I mean, I I pretty much agree with you that this is I OK, going through it, I was like, man, I really do not care about this story because the game is so much fun to play. But once it started really wrapping up towards the end there, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, are they serious? <laughs> it gets like, are so they... wild so fast. <laughs> yes. Are, like, are, are they really going to do this? Are they really going to intertwine all the fi- final fan? Like. And then, yeah, to once you get that huge reveal or whatever, and uh, I mean, obviously the the Jack Garland and Chaos thing was revealed before the game even came out, so it was like I already kind of knew that. I did not know that they were going to connect all of these universes through the Lufarians, and I'm like, man, like I said, what what is going to happen? Like, what is going to happen in Final Fantasy VII Remake 2 or whatever the fuck that game is going to be called? Are we going to just be walking around and casually in the background, Jack, Jed, and Ash are just wa- wandering around like in a bar or something? And like there's not like even a time room, like, situation. Like you just walk yeah, past like, them and don't say anything. Like I don't know those characters. And then right, just like exactly. at him as you walk by. Jack is just like nice spiky hair. <laughs> like, and then just That's it. Like there's just no like real thought about it it just happens and then they move on i would like, love what, you, what are the ramifications to, of this you go to final fantasy 8 world and and jack and squall look at each other and then you see the in parentheses they're in their thoughts <laughs> they're just thinking at, the, at each <laughs> <Right>. other <laughs> or kingdom hearts 4 is jack gonna show up in that game i fucking love it i love it it's so stupid it's so stupid it's great the problem is i don't know if i can recommend this story as like like someone like oh you've never played a final fantasy game before like this would be a weird starting absolutely point. not <laughs> yeah. yeah this would not work out because like i didn't understand that final fantasies weren't like continuations or like shared universes or something like that they are they pretty until this yeah they were pretty separate it'd be so weird to drop someone into this yeah i was gonna say i feel like you have to have played a few final fantasies to understand the impact of this story because otherwise, you're just if you're going into this this being your first Final Fantasy, I mean, yeah, you'll have a good time, but you will not give See, a damn about the story. That's something that I kind of have a gripe with because when you think about Final Fantasy, one of the very large and in neon lights flashing at you perks is that you don't need to play Final Fantasy games in order to enjoy a single title because they're so uh, unrelated to one another. But True. whenever you try to MCU everything or Nomura everything, like if you try to get everything all conglomerated together, there you run into that problem where like I don't like the idea that you have to watch the three movies that came before it and the two TV show spinoffs that hap- that happen to tie into this. Like it there it is really cool about all of the 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 fan service, not anime titties. There is a little bit of anime titty, but the fan service for Final Fantasy fans where you hear the music from the older games, you see characters, you see all of the monsters, you see everything that you know and love about Final Fantasy, and and, and that and that makes you feel nostalgic and, and 
and uh, rem reminisce on these games that you love. But whenever you really try to drive home, like if this becomes like Final Fantasy 16's selling point is that Jack shows up halfway through and helps you fight the darkness, like I'm not going to play Final Fantasy 16 probably anyway because it's on PS5. But it's like I don't. I don't know if I enjoy that idea. <laughs> like, it, it's an interesting idea and it's cool, but it, after seeing the end result of the MCU and just becoming so disenfranchised with all of it, like, I'm I feel spiteful towards Disney and Marvel because I thought that it was cool for a while, but it just became insanity. I don't want Final Fantasy to be kind of like the same thing. And, I and totally, that's always something that I argue about. I totally agree with you, but right now Square Enix is riding that wave of. What's the most popular thing out there right now? NFTs and shared universes, multiverses. Uh, Throw it in the game. Let's do it. The modern you know how much content player. we have that we can monetize with that. But monetize, right. give me the old games. Let me buy your game, Square. Let me buy them, <laughs> please. I'm on my knees. It's like Super Nintendo pulling their uh, Super Mario Sunshine and 64 from the Switch or whatever. Yeah. What were they thinking? Disappointment. All right, so let's talk about some game mechanics. So this game is definitively different than, a, you know, a lot of the other Final Fantasies besides kind of 15, which took a hack and slash approach. But this is a very light Dark Souls. Just because it has checkpoints that you go back to bonfires that reset things. That's like the disagree. only Dark Souls part. What? Well, Hard I mean, disagree. Well, it, it, it does. Dark Souls definitely... did not create checkpoints, Philip. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, optional checkpoints? Oh, well, so it's the it's not that it's not that Dark Souls created this specific things. It's that they it's like whenever you say battle royale and it's you can't be like, okay, well, they didn't invent first person shooting. It's it's more like the it's the dying losing resources. Which what resources do you lose? Because you mana lose bars. something. You lose oh, mana bars. Is that what that red thing is? Is your mana bars? Okay, so I but, never I mean knew. it's the same like if you go back and play Final Fantasy Seven, there are obviously checkpoints that yeah, are well, optional as well so if you die yeah you're gonna lose all your progress it's the same i was thinking same more idea. along the lines of so there there is a specific style of design and <clears throat> it, that dark Souls, like there's a f design philosophy that dark souls has it's not even the fact that it's the it's r1 or r1 r2 to attack right which is dark Souls style as well but it's also like Whenever you lose resources on death, but like the game isn't over, you don't reload a sec point, you're still in the same game. You still have all your experience, you still have all of that. God forbid you lose your experience on death, that would be painful. But it's like if you go to your checkpoint, your bonfire in quotes, then all the enemies respawn, and that's kind of how you grind rather than the traditional way of just killing enemies that are spawning randomly. Um, yeah, I forgot it, about it's the that enemy. Kind of thing. I think that's probably the only thing that they took from Dark Souls is probably and the enemies. If you return to your body, you get your mana bars back wherever you died. I mean, that's not do specifically you? Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah, that's what Philip was There's saying. always a red glowing crystal wherever you died at. And if you run over to it, you'll get all your crap back. Is that a new thing? Maybe. I don't think so. I mean, th this isn't this wouldn't be the first time, Philip. I know it's weird when I, I'm talking. I'm not because I have. But... So there's a lot of things, actually that uh there was a two-hour patch i had to download when i came back really? to this game this morning so yeah, that was, was there, not in the original game i, wouldn't okay, be the I first do not time remember that at that all so we recorded a game and and like a way after the release date and then there was new features that people didn't know about yeah because i what noticed feature? also the inventory system is a lot different like you can sort your items now which you were not able to do in the original okay then they probably updated release. a lot 
So uh, yeah, and plus I didn't. Plus I, you know, know me. I didn't die when oh, I okay. replayed it this morning. <laughs> oh, so no, hold on, I hold, also... hold on a second. This can't be right. Uh, were you playing it solo? Yeah. Were you playing on the hardest difficulty before chaos is unlocked? No, my my first initial oh, playthrough on. was just on, on normal mode. But yeah, see, we were playing I, on hard. There are difficulties. I played. Yeah. I played on. I could have uh, lowered the difficulty last night and just no, beat but, the boss. I forgot. That's the one. Yeah, that I'll get into that in a second. But after I beat the game, it unlocks chaos mode. So I did play chaos mode after that initial um my my initial playthrough. I maybe played like eight hours of chaos mode. And again, I mean, my characters are already at like level 140 at that point. So it's like. Is up to 140? So it's like. Yeah. Dude, I played a lot of this game. I almost played 30 hours of this this game. So. I think there's an achievement for getting to like, man, 3000 or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I. And then coming back to it this morning, I mean, of course, I'm. I I didn't do anything like super challenging or anything. I didn't pick up exactly where I left off. I just kind of went to levels that I had already beat. So I was just yeah. kind of axing through people without any effort. And I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing about this game, too, is if you find it too hard, you can lower it to the lowest difficulty whenever you want to. And on top of that, they even have like another difficulty level where you can lower it even further. Where like you don't have to, Yeah, you don't have to do anything. So it's like easy difficulty on top of like they make it so that anybody can literally play it. Well, so here's the problem that I'm, I have with the game. There, There is a really weird design philosophy with the way that you scale towards your enemies. I'm not sure how it is on Chaos Mode, because, again, me and Phil didn't beat the game, but there, there's a level... Wait, it's is Chaos like, a difficulty mode? Or is it just, like, a, yeah. another mode of the game? Okay. It's a harder... It's the harder, hardest difficulty. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, just, I was just looking at the achievements. I, it's his it's his difficulty. But, um, so... Whenever you play on hard, you just get better equipment, which means you're stronger, but everything kind of moves with you. Whenever you go into these levels, it's like, this is a level 100 area, but you don't have to be level 100 to get there. That just means that that's the recommended level of your equipment. Whenever you go in there with level 80 equipment and you kill the first enemy, it just drops level 100 equipment. And you're just like, okie dokie, and you just have level 100 equipment. So Party you on never level. actually like get... You never get like overpowered unless you go backwards and start stomping on those level 20 cactars yeah. and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But what specifically I'm upset – I get upset about is this fucking thing where if you have a party and your party can heal and do all of this stuff, but the main character dies, the persona syndrome that this game fucking has. When Jack dies in single player, you have to restart no matter what. Like, Jack is the only one that can heal, but when you go into multiplayer, they play as Jed and Ash, and those guys can heal us. So it's like, why can't the NPCs heal us? Like, does one of the NPCs unlock the White Mage at one point? Because I know Red Mage and Black Mage, but, like, the White Mage literally has a revive spell. And so the only thing I can think of is they don't get the White Mage ever. Which makes sense because I was always just playing the white mage whenever I was playing solo. I was just like, I'm just going to heal and buff my teammates because if I put myself in danger and get one shot by this piece of shit boss, I'm going to break my controller because it's so it's so frustrating because the bosses have this wide sweeping AOE attack. Ah. So I unlocked the sage job, which allows your character to wield both black and uh, white magic and I dabbled with that for a little bit on Jack, but eventually I gave it to Sophia. And yeah, she will not revive you. 
it it does not matter so it's that's so annoying. yeah i totally playing this through which coming on to this episode i was waiting for you guys to talk about how great the multiplayer is because i could it's not incredible fucking find anybody to play this game with oh. surprisingly i've I was like the only person that fucking bought this game back back in March. And it was like nobody had this game. Nobody and if they did, they didn't like it and they didn't want to play. So I'm like, dude, yeah. So yeah, going through this single player is a fucking trial. It really is. I was gonna ask Philip how his experience because he played it by himself as well. Like he was grinding and stuff. But when I was yeah. playing by myself, I opened the lobby up and I literally never found a single soul. But Whenever me and Philip were playing together, we were constantly getting a random like like coming in and out of the game, and mm. the uh, like it, and it was like five or six different people. It was the same people over and over again, but it was like we were constantly inundated with some random taking the place of the of the computer. But as far as the multiplayer, what do you have questions about? I just I'm just wondering how much easier it is and much more how much more fun you guys were having during those bosses because. When it came to bosses, the first roadblock I got to was the Tiamat boss fight. Like, I could not fucking kill Tiamat for the fucking life of me. I God, dude. must have Tiamat restarted that fight. It was hard, for sure. Yeah, but Some classes I, definitely did better than others. I, I must have just restarted that fight like 10 or 15 times. It, There's one really unique advantage you get in multiplayer, besides the fact that you can actually go down. You can make a mistake, and it's okay. Like, that, that's one of the fucking advantages you get. But um, one uh, another one is that all of the NPCs only have one... Uh, they only have one class that you can equip to them. But whenever oh, you really? have people equip, whenever you have people in your party, you have two that you can switch between. And also, oh. they're humans that are smarter than the AI. So it's like right. I I could be a white mage and a spear guy, and Philip can be a black mage and a puncher dude. So that and so we can just focus on one specific part of the body, <laughs> and he can run in. And be- while that was going on, I could poke with the stick from long range and then charge my haste so that Philip could punch faster. There was like there was a a unique like kind of give and take even though the game actively encouraged you to always be changing your 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 uh yeah. classes which is cool i think the class system yeah. is fucking choice it's incredible dude it's so fucking good that's it just goes back to me saying i wish every final fantasy played like this game because the job system in this game is incredible it's so fucking good and i know a lot of people are like like final fantasy five is usually like well if you're talking about the mainline series final fantasy five is like the gold standard for the for the job system final fantasy tactics kind of elaborates on it makes it a little bit better this is like far and away like the most expansive job system any final fantasy game has had and it is so fucking good it needs to move on to the next games it combines like things that I don't like about skill trees with things that I act like something that I never considered, which is skill trees unlocking more skill trees that do definitively different things. Mm-hmm. Like whenever you, whenever you're the thief and you change to the assassin, you are doing an objectively different thing, and it's almost as if you're playing a completely different, unique character. Like this, these hero shooters, like Overwatch or like League of Legends, not a shooter, but. I mean, wait, didn't we establish it's a first-person shooter? I can't remember if that's we, uh, yeah, not. <laughs> in our episode. That's what the genre we gave it. But it's like it's really interesting because like everyone has a like a, a specific right trigger or R2 like special attack. Like the magics, that's usually how you access your mages, you, that's usually how you access your magic. But it's like you have the jump from the the jump from the dragoon uh class, which is like you completely uh, Dude, a Final Fantasy dragoon staple. Dragoon is broken, man. Oh, I that's... love it. 
that, that was my one of, for a while until I got yeah. breaker there's a I was using white mage for a long time specifically because giving haste to the party is incredible but also being able to regen and the the weapon type that the white mage gets almost always it seemed like because it's all of the mages could use it it's like the mace or the hammer or whatever mm -hmm, it yeah. almost always had an element on it and so it's like if I got electricity and I hit a I hit a skeleton it's weak and I'm just like oh I am literally stun locking every single enemy now like I don't it's it's incredible like and so and the fact that you are the support and the only way to recharge your mana is to actively attack it really is counterintuitive to assume that the white mage would be so good at breaking people's uh, stamina bars but my well, lord then the other. The other system that really works well with, especially if you're looking at the different mages, is the weapon system is incredibly robust because you can essentially give your characters techniques with those specific weapons. You can also add elemental damage to those weapons themselves as well. You can level the weapons up if you want. It's so the systems go so deep and they work so well together. And one of the things that is kind of left out of this game, but it is also in included in a weird way, is the blue mage. Because you have this, when you're in a fight, you have this ability to basically block or counter attacks. And when it comes to magic, when an enemy is uh, about to fire off an elemental magic attack, when you block it, if you time it just right, you can absorb that attack and then throw it back at them or save it. Uh, you know, just keep it in your back pocket yeah, <laughs> to use it on a different pocket. enemy. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. It isn't blocking because blocking is a specific thing. This It is a sort of block, but it's more like a counter. It's like you counter it, but you also absorb it because sometimes it shoots it back and you also absorb it. But There is an option to, like for physical attacks and stuff, you can counter uh, in certain cases. Uh, but most of the time, like it's just kind of blocking and it helps you build up your break meter if i remember yeah. right oh yeah. yeah i think so so the the best thing about this is whenever in the so i am so pro legibility like visual uh visual information is so important scene. Yeah. well I was, yeah. I was, uh, yeah you know what i'm trying to say visual uh readability is so important <clears throat> whenever you're playing a video game obviously and being able to understand at a moment's glance what is what the hell is happening is incredibly important now this game isn't the best at it a lot of times me and philip would get wiped because i couldn't see where the fuck his goddamn body was because there's a billion particles on the screen yeah. but <laughs> being able to tell immediately that an attack is coming at you and you can't block it or an attack is coming at you and you can absorb it even better that is something that is so important and the game does telegraph that by always putting shit above their heads when they're about to do something so whenever yeah. it's less like dark Souls, i mean it is very much like dark souls where you're like pattern memorization and like learning when you can dodge and what you should avoid and what you should block and stuff like that but it's um, it's more like hard disagree um, <laughs> but right, okay. I'll, I'll make another well, dark, Souls, it, dark souls comparison in a second well that well the thing is is that because that's that's core to the dark souls combat and in this game you also have to be able to understand these telegraphed moves but a lot of these moves are not just visually telegraphed they're like quite literally told it's like i am doing meteor right now and you're like okay i know what to do so it makes it even more accessible to somebody who struggles with dark souls combat um who struggles with like the instant like 
dot dash away because I'm such a go forward, go forward, go forward gamer that I have I've always struggled with that kind of gameplay, that patience and the and the learning those those different uh, key uh, telegraphs. Well, if I would be so bold as to compare this game to Dark Souls, there's one segment in the first <laughs> Chaos Shrine for the where, 12th time. Yeah. It's basically teaching you to play, like right at the beginning. You're killing <laughs> filthy goblins in, you know, little caves or whatever, and they're like, they suck. But they'll, they'll put up a fight when you're low gear, and we got, you know, knocked a couple times by him on the hardest difficulty, besides chaos. And then you get to the bombs, where, you know, the bombs are the big fireball enemies. Yeah. And it that's when it's hammered down, teaches you, use the absorb bullshit. Because for a long time, like I think like multiple lives, we were just running there trying to fight them and getting wrecked. And then it gave you an option. It's like, hey, there's a side path you can take. Someone does a call out and we're like, we are not taking that side path. We are going <laughs> through these bombs. <laughs> Turns out the bombs, when they shoot their fireballs at you, you absorb it. It gives you the fireball spell to shoot back at them. This is before we have any ele elemental attacks. And if you hit the bombs with fire, they blow up. So you can just clear the way by just bouncing their spells back to them, it makes you have to learn to use this technique, which is a very Dark Souls way of teaching. That uh, Philip stretching. Dark right Souls now. did not create tutorials, <laughs> Philip. <laughs> but it is very, it is very important that that is kind of. I mean, there is a tutorial. I think it pops up, and it's like yada yada yada. We're kind of skipping them, but it's like. Um, we know how to play video games, stupid. Yeah, well, I'm a origins. pro gamer. But um, I guess <laughs> it definitely keeps you. Uh, it keeps you engaged whenever you're learning through uh a gameplay rather than learning through videos or learning through uh text. Like being able to actively implement what you need to do is uh is vital for muscle memory. And I think that and to completely just undermine my point right away. One of the things that I like a whole lot about this game is whenever you fail a boss, it gives you a giant text dump on how to fight the boss, which immediately <laughs> yeah. undermines what I just said. But I really do enjoy that as well, because if you lost to the boss, it's obviously like, oh, oops, whatever. And it doesn't immediately – the best part is it doesn't just go, hey, this is what you did wrong. It just – they're there for you. If you want to access them, they are right there, and you can just look at them. Or you can just walk on past them. Just like me and Philip were like, we're just going to fight the bombs, whatever. Like you got to let the – you got to let the player – engage with the game in a way that they want to engage with it but you also with that choice of like how difficult do i want this to be how much do i want to be explained to me like that is something that is really interesting for me like i i always take note of that whenever i see stuff like that did you guys play neo no we did i did not because it is on the playstation i mean i have a ps4 i could have played it okay but... so it's no wonder we are comparing this to dark souls even though this is very much it's just neo it's neo with a lot of final fantasy in it isn't so. the wait isn't one the one of the neo like higher ups is on this game right or am i thinking of a different game neo neo was made by team ninja as well ah okay so it was just them <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just, yeah. it was the it's same literally game just them, just yeah. final fantasy. it's the same game with i would uh yeah a final fantasy skin i guess <laughs> but when you look I, at uh, neo's genre what does it say it says oh, souls, souls like, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably yeah <laughs> Uh, do you guys have any more game mechanics? Because I'm oh side quest. There's a large portion of side quests available Man. in this game. If that's one thing I have to knock this game for, the side quests are fucking stupid. 
they're just like go kill this missions and some of them are ridiculously stupid like um there's one in the rain area that's like go to every spot in the rain area and kill a tonberry and god i remember i was help i was playing a knaves game for that one but then he disconnected on the last fight and oh. then i had to play through the whole thing again by like just on my own and that is such a struggle of just like not getting master knifed by these bad boys if you guys are going to i don't know who made it this far into the episode and hasn't played the game because we just we always spoil the shit out of the game by this (laughs) point but if you guys are going to play this game in co-op you have to whoever has the best internet connection needs to be the person that's playing like as jack but also Mm. if you disconnect jack whoever's playing jack i plead with you die just die right away (laughs) just die go back to the bonfire because that's where your teammate's going to be and invite him from there because if you progress to the next one then your friend's not going to get credit for the fucking mission anymore your friend's going to have to go solo through through to the next goddamn i keep burping but your friend's going to have to do their own fucking thing by themselves the game keeps in track it, i mean the game keeps track of your progress whenever you're in a multiplayer game and you're also like playing the levels for the first time but if you are at a different level of progression it fucks it all up so in some in some cases it doesn't even let you play. Like I don't think you can play a level with someone who isn't that far into the story. No, you can, but it gives you a big warning saying, "Yo, you're not going to get progress for this. You'll get like job level and gear, but that's it." It's really interesting. And so the game itself gives you anima shards. Can't remember they're like for giving you free experience like in World of Tanks, but they also are used for like making weapons better, I think. But um, uh, if you play in a multiplayer game, you get more anima shards than the person that's playing Jack. I don't know if there's a lore reason written into that, but like th- that's mostly to just kind of incentivize people to join other people's games. And that's the thing I hate, like in the late game when you're playing chaos mode, you have a, a you have an option to make the levels more difficult than they are, you know, just normally in chaos mode and that uses anima shards as well and of course that drops a lot better loot now granted this isn't you know a free-to-play game or anything like that so it's not like you open up the playstation store and have to buy buy 20 anima shards three dollars but it does present this grinding in the game and they don't i think the most like i was i just was curious uh today when i was going through it and the final fantasy 7 level actually nets you the most anima shards it's the side quest level it nets you nine and that's it that is the one that at least on uh chaos difficulty so it's like you're gonna have to play that a lot to actually build up a a good amount of anima shards it's kind of annoying and again the side quests themselves are you're just playing the main quest but you're doing it backwards backwards yeah Yeah, so it's like yeah not even a remix it's just not even it's the, the same level. Slowly. You're just going backwards, and it's uh, it, it did, just kind of sucks. Did you guys? So Keith has definitely used the anima shards, but Philip, have you ever used them? Because I I have this part of me. I have the squirrel mentality of if I'm getting something important, I kind of just hoard them, and then I'm like, when I'm at the end of the game, I'm going to use all of these. Like, do the anima shards actually like scale with how much you need for something? Like, is it a percentage wise, or is it always an anima shard? One anima shard equals a thousand experience or whatever. And it's I think it's that. pretty standard. I don't think it scales. But yeah, then I, don't again, think I, so I wasn't actively checking. But I would I use it all in all the basic jobs because I'm like I don't want to play as the thief whenever I can play as the assassin. You know, right? Uh, yes, yeah, so the I would world just of max tank out strategy. Thief. 
of getting all, getting to level three and everything <laughs> with free experience. I unlocked so, so many different jobs that I was like getting anxiety over which one I wanted to be at any given time. <laughs> so much choices. Choice they're paralysis. All, oh, they're yeah. all different. Well, it, that's interesting because I never actually got to the point of unlocking all of them. I still have two left to do because uh, Dragoon is, which is unfortunately the last one I went to do, is unfortunately one of my favorite ones. And I'm like, oh, why wasn't I using this the whole fucking time, damn it? But um, uh, Dragoon, those last two that Dragoon unlocks, <laughs> those are the ones that I need to do. So I never really got, I was always in the mood of, which I'm sure almost everyone is, of just unlock everything first and then fill out all of the uh the extra skill tree stuff the the other thing that i kind of have a gripe with and i guess it's kind of a a nitpick because a lot of jrpgs do this these days but the one thing i hate about those modern jrpgs is all the banter that happens during the battles oh yeah they're just it's annoying and it's annoying to me because it leads me to believe that i might be missing out on something important about either what's happening in the battle or just in general like just in just the basic world building which is silly to say about a game you like know, strangers of paradise that i care about the world building but i just <laughs> i hate it it's like both distracting and at the same time like no what are they saying what is happening like what's going on but there's already so much visual and audio information going at you all at the same time and it's just it, you know it's, it's really it funny sucks is that I was immediately like disagree and I've never like backflipped on my own opinion so fast within a sentence. It was like six words in. I was like, Oh wait, no, he's right about this because I was immediately, immediately in, uh, thought of tales of arise. When I played tales of arise, I played it in Japanese at first and the motherfuckers talked so much that I, and I was always fighting or doing something. So I couldn't go, what are they saying? Like I'm try- I can't like stop paying attention to what I'm doing because they're always talking. I always feel the need to stop moving and listen because of Bioshock, I think. But it's like I had to reset the game and play it in English like, and just get used to the fucking English words. I was like – I was ready to play it in Japanese, and I couldn't do it because they talked so goddamn much and so all the time. Well, in this game, they do talk a lot, but I feel like 90% of it is just the same thing, which is maybe it's because I was playing old – um jeb what was his name jed jed so much and he's like sorry i suck so much guys after like every other (laughs) fight (laughs) and i'm just funny too because you're right because jack doesn't really talk too much and it's always someone talking to jack and him going that's it (laughs) and it was whoever you had in the party they would always say like a a general thing because we usually had neon and jed in our party and so jed would say i'll do better next time guys and then neon would say don't get sloppy or something like just Stay together, team. You know what's very interesting? So there's a certain amount of FOMO you get whenever you have – when you have interactions and you have more characters in your party than you're able to have physically in the game in your party. You know what I mean? So it's five characters altogether that you can have that you can swap in and out, even in multiplayer. But it's like if you're playing the game, you can only have three on the field at one time. One thing I really greatly appreciate is there is banter that is semi-important, semi-world building that isn't just grunts and like normal generic attacks and stuff like that. And if the character – like if Ash isn't in your party, which he never was after we got the girl because I feel like we needed some fucking 
uh, what is it? Yeah, Diversity got, in our party. My party was uh, Sophia and Jed the entire time. Yeah. Once I got Sophia. Wait, wait. Is Sophia the short one or the tall? We always had tall lady. I liked tall lady. I think it's Sophia. Is it? I don't remember that. I'm not sure. Shit. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it, it, what the most important thing is that these characters will continue to talk even though they're not physically on the field, which may be a little aversion breaking. But the fact of the matter is, is that the alternative is that you just miss out on world building. You know what I mean? Or they just give these lines to somebody else and eat. And it's either a exactly the same line, which kind of like uh, undermines their character arcs. Uh, and it stuff washes like that. them out. Or B they have completely different lines and they have to record more lines and then just spend more money. And that's, they're obviously not going to do that because that costs more money. So it's like, mm, I remember one point where this was kind of annoying though, because I think it was like Sophia had a big thing where she's like, I never finished my story about the legend of the Luferi. And, and Jack's like, do we have to hear it when you're like in the undersea <laughs> castle thing? He's like, they built all this technology and rah, rah, rah. And then I think we wiped or something in the next room and we had to restart it. And she did the same voice line and did it again. And I think, Oh no, it was it. We were lost with like the elevators and like the little side passages. We oh, were just like walking in circles. About. We that, got the same the voice Majin like three Buu times. Dragon Ball Z level that looks like the inside of a fucking, those weird Kame houses or whatever though. Yeah. It's that it's the final fantasy. I think that's uh, the Final Fantasy Eleven tower or whatever. There's like a huge. Everything tower. looks like it's made out of like pottery. It is a tower. On the wall. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got lost, and and I think that was like two <laughs> levels after we were like, man, it's really good level design if we just actively. It's either really linear or it's really obvious where we should go, which is good level design. But then we got super lost. Do you have any more meat points? I had Anyone? a meat point, and I can't fucking remember it still. Oh well, maybe it'll come in final notes. It's obviously not that important. Uh, let me scroll through and make sure I'm not missing something. The the weapon drops, and this is a problem in Neo too. There's a weapon a and armor drops. There's too much fucking weapon and armor drops. It's there's a fix for that. Unsustainable. A fix? Is there? Uh, yeah, in the settings, Nave spotted it. There is an auto dismantle button that Shut you can set. Up. It. No, seriously, yeah. and it's incredible. <laughs> there is an auto And you can just panel. set it to whatever level you want. Like, I've, I'll, my gear Dude, average is like 95. We you set it to the, 95. You guys and, played the better version of the game than I did. Dude, like, I'm so sorry if you had to go through it. <laughs> could you at least select all in the fucking inventory? Or did you have to go A, 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 A? Yeah, you had to go wow. through every well, single one. You can yeah. also, if you are selecting multiple, if you hold down A, you can just scroll and it will auto-select it. You don't need to press A oh each time. Oh my fucking God. Yeah, there was so much stuff that I there were like that. new menus popping up every bit of the way as I was replaying. And I'm like, what is this? Something about master quest points or something like that or master points oh, that you could. That. Oh, master could, points. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can build your own class upgrade. pretty much. What? I had no idea. I had no idea what that was. I was like, yeah, dude, you get what? master you could... points when you max out a job. That was not there when I had originally played back in March. So... Oh, I remember what I was going to talk about. Thank you. You said job, and it just flooded back into my head. Um, the uh, it, and it ties into the items as well. Their items have affinity for different. Like even though you're not using that class, you can get experience for different classes while in while not even having them equipped. Essentially, you get yep. maximum experience for whatever you're using primary. You have a secondary class that you can switch to at any given time that I assume gets like 75% XP or whatever. It's arbitrary. It doesn't matter. But then. All of your items, like you can have an item that gives you affinity for ninja, and it's like it's like a chest piece, and it's like just shinobi armor, and you don't have to 
have Shinobi equipped, you do actively get experience for that. So you're getting so much experience for all of these jobs that like sometimes I we would beat a boss and we'd go we would go a long time without dying. I would hit a bonfire and then I'd look and I'd have like nine jobs that I can I have enough experience to get skills in. And it is like that's incredible. What an awesome idea. It's so good. Good job. It's so fucking good. It's so good. It's just like you can customize a character any way you want. And it's crazy because like you talk about the affinity, it gives you experience, but also gives you affinity perks depending on how much affinity you have for each job. So it's like you can be a 900% dragoon and just have all these dragoon bonuses or maybe dragoon would benefit if it had more crit or something like that and you could build a dragoon ninja hybrid where if you had ninjas your second class and a whole bunch of ninja gear you get extra crits with your spear when you hit them from behind it was just you can do so many things with this I'm character so, yeah i'm so system. glad you guys are on board this this the systems and stuff because i have been shouting on different discords till i'm blue in the face about how fucking good this fucking game is as far as the systems go it's just you can bust it wide open you can customize the hell out of your characters it's so good it's so fucking good it's strange because we play a lot of games for this podcast me and Dave just play a lot of games in general but when we started up this game i I'd heard bad things about it generally like in this, I, had I heard very low hopes like yeah. I, I was like this is gonna be funny but i'm gonna have a bad time i think but we were playing it and i think we were like an hour in not like we didn't even make it that far we were like just past the bombs and me and Avery's like, we're having fun. This game <laughs> yeah. is, is so weird. This game is actually good. And then we continue to play for the next, you know, 19 hours. And we've, we've played even longer if we had more time before this episode. We're probably going to play it later. Because I this think, is, I don't know what yeah, our next this, game of the week is, but we'll probably take time to play more Chaos Killer. Final Fantasy fanboys come at me. This is the best job system in any Final Fantasy game. I don't give a shit. Yeah, see, I don't know too much about the job system. It's because I don't have a lot of experience with the pistol, the pistol with the pixel games. Uh, I speci- <laughs> when I think of the job system, I immediately think of uh, Final Quest. Fantasy Tactics. Oh no, I mean it's still a Final Fantasy game, but Final Fantasy Tactics. I love Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced. I don't think I don't know if the original and Advanced are the same game. I actually don't think they are. You probably know Keith. I never played. I never played the Tactics Advanced. Game I never. Board? Just I just played mm. the original PlayStation one, which is what people say is they hold that up as kind of the pinnacle of the job system. And they're wrong because they did not play Strangers of Paradise. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very interesting because the way that it works in that game, it's like I'm think, imagining Final Fantasy Tactics with this it's job a system and it feel. Yeah, what I will say, Advanced I will spin off of tactics. Oh, that's, oh. that's an answer to my oh. question. Oh, interesting. OK, nice. Well, what I was thinking was like, if, if Final Fantasy Tactics Advance had the job system of this game, how would that even work? It almost like it it's very well, it it may, it's like very streamlined for this specific type of action RPG, right? But yeah, maybe I mean it's like some people thought that first person shooters and rither games couldn't come together, and Hellblade Hell Hellblade Metal Singer. Oh fuck. Metal Hell Hellsinger? Sinuous Sacrifice? Yeah. Sinuous Sacrifice? Yeah. Yeah, Metal Hellsinger. <laughs> I'm adding too many words. Um, but yeah, that game is phenomenal. So it's like I still have you, to play that. You can do stuff. Oh, dude. It's got did you know about it, right? It's got the trivium, it's got well, Archenemy, it's got I played the demo, yeah. I played the demo, but I haven't played the uh full game. The songs are good. They're very good. Nave approved. Soundtrack listening together say, Metal Hellsinger. It's coming soon. Before anybody tries to at me on Twitter or whatever the fuck. I love Final Fantasy Tactics, so just putting that out. One of my favorite games. 
So I don't know. I couldn't make it past that boring snowball bit. Fuck you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I was just about to be like, we can have our own opinions and do whatever we want. Fuck you. Shut up, Philip. Oh, no. <laughs> You're being a real jack right now. <laughs> I don't, don't want to remember. What you think. <laughs> Please don't make me remember. <laughs> jack doesn't want to remember. Okay, I was going to sing a Limp Bizkit song, but I can't think of anything but break stuff. <laughs> That's all I think. You guys got any more me points? I'm thinking. Man, I probably could keep talking about this game, but maybe we well, should you just guys go to final words. You guys what? didn't finish it, but I think this game is too long for what it actually is. Oh, it is God, yes. fluffy. It's like, too long. Like some of the, it looks like it's like over an hour to beat like one story mission. Just we were playing on hard and we weren't playing the safest we could. But sometimes mm. it just seems like a waste of time. Yeah, you are. I mean, it's I mean, you guys talked about getting lost and stuff in one of the levels, but this is very like. Old school picking levels off of a chart, essentially, and you are just playing these very linear yeah. stages for the most part. And it's just it goes on. It goes on too long. And then I was looking at the map. You you, you pick the levels off a world map, kind of yeah. like a la Street Fighter 2, basically. And like there are parts of the map that just aren't even used, which I get what they're doing because it is the Final Fantasy one map. It is a remake, technically. So but there are just continents you don't even go to. And it doesn't even matter because you're actually not roaming the continent or anything like that. You are just in levels. You are just in a level. So it's kind of weird. And it's just it's too long. I'm glad there's it's too I'm, long. I'm, thank God that they not include like an overworld. That would have been incredibly obnoxious if you had to actually like fly an airship somewhere. True. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I you know, it's, it's not really a complaint of mine. I'm just saying it's it's just uh, it's just it a been weird worse. decision. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just a weird decision coming from a Final Fantasy perspective, I guess. Did both of you select missions off the map? Because I always just went straight to the... You can There's you can menu. set it to the menu, and I just always use the Interesting. menu. It's so much... I don't want to scroll around on a map with the fucking Destiny reticle. I want to just... <laughs> what are the main missions? That one? Okay, and then just fucking kick on into the... Yeah, I just used the map. What, uh... One, another one thing, one small little thing before we hit the break. Uh... The side missions are completely fucking worthless. Absolutely worthless. I know we already hit on this a little bit, but we were talking about, like, in a general sense. Literally, just do the main missions and you will get gear that is the level of the mission. Like, I, at first, we wasted a lot of time the first two days because I was doing every side mission as we unlocked them. Because they were always either a little bit higher than the main mission or they were in between. So it just made sense. It's like, whatever. We well, you said you weren't game. using you said you weren't using the anima shards. So that was not those side all. missions. Yeah, those side missions give you more anima shards. Oh, OK. The I guess that's the only makes, value. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. All right. I was wrong. I'm not I'm man enough to I'm man enough to admit that. All right, let's take a break and then we can come back with our final thoughts for Final Fantasy Origins. Boom, 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 Good, because I have to piss. Have you guys been seeing me swaying left and right? I'm not <laughs> a fucking weirdo. I just want to piss really bad. I love that you're just on mic doing it still. <laughs> oh, no, I'm gonna mute it because Philip will leave it in if I if I fucking piss on. <laughs> I think I've done it before. Actually, I'm not sure. I don't oh, know. Sometimes I, I hold the stream now because no, Philip, I was <laughs> filling up a water cup. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't it's like, you know, I'm like, oh, I want to make a professional podcast and all that stuff, and I'll be editing and I'm like, this is kind of funny. As I'm like, 
<laughs> like an hour or two of the edit. I'm like, I'll just leave that in. Whatever. Even though I'm you like sucking to. out I'm sucking out the silence. I'm like getting extra ums and uhs removed. I'm like trying to clean it up all nice. And then I'm like, I'll just leave in the thing that sounds like piss. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of stuff you have to. That is what gives a podcast its character, right? Is you gotta it? Call, you gotta call the you gotta call the audience, man. Because I, I listen to like one H one D, and they're a lot more sterile than us, and I think they're doing better than us in numbers. <sighs> I think oh, it's man. important Sterility's to have like boring, dude. I think it's important to have. Well, see, that's the thing. See, I always, I'm always a a a, com, a proponent. I'm a proponent of like making your thing as crazy and wild and insane as possible. But then again, I keep fucking pimping out state of the arc, which doesn't even know who we are because they're so much bigger than we are. <laughs> but I keep going, go listen to their Final Fantasy analysis, and they are as sterile as it fucking gets. It is literally just people going, well, so what's interesting about Squall's character in this moment is that he, if you think about, uh, Five, 15 hours ago, whenever we were in a different continent, how he would react to this in this way. Like, that's how their show is the whole time. And they goof around a little bit. Like, everyone wants to laugh. Even the most sterile shows, they laugh a little bit. But it's like, they are just literally anal- analyzing the... F- uh, I almost said analyzing. But uh, they're just doing <laughs> something. Learn to talk, loser. Sometimes it feels like people are just trying to be the NPR of gaming podcasts sometimes, and it comes through, and it's like, what the fuck is the personality, man? I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm more I'm more of a fan of the more chaotic, more personal type of podcast. Obviously, like your guys' show. So yeah, that's the scariest thing I think because it's so weird that line between authenticity and like and and just complete exaggeration. Because I I'm, sure. I'm clearly exaggerating a lot. I'm trying to concentrate my own personality. Like I'm concentrating it into a fucking fine paste and then I'm shoving it in random people's mouths. This is how I am. Like Philip can attest to it. Anyone who's like played games with me, they are like, oh, you're just like this. Uh, like <laughs> uh, Nick from Friday Night Gamecast, we were playing Fortnite and with Jared. They're like, oh, Nave just screams all the time. Like that is just him. And so it's like I'm trying to get that through on our Instagram a little bit. Whenever yeah. you said uh, you don't know how much you're like, I don't know how much fun you guys are probably having in uh, this game in multiplayer. And I was like, dude, I have two montages on Instagram right now that I could send you of just the being idiots like Phillips closing a door before I go through it and electrocuting oh, me. I love the electric doors. <laughs> so good. Or like me and Philip are racing to kill a guy and then I get hit by a fireball and I go, ah! just fall off a ledge. So yeah, I try I try to balance like a delicate line because I obviously like the way we present stuff and I, we played the game so we know what we're talking about, but it's also like video games don't have to be serious. Like a lot of people just take them way too seriously and it's like they're entertainment. They're fun. And we are technically we are entertainers talking about entertainment. So fuck it. Like now, now when I play a video game, I'm dead silent. I would be an awful streamer because I would not be saying shit unless I'm playing Strangers of Paradise. And I'm like, fucking what? Excuse me, <laughs> Jack Garland? <laughs> like, <laughs> Or just laughing hysterically. Uh, but most games, I'm like just stone faced like, hmm, OK. <laughs> like whatever yeah see that's my biggest problem with streaming too i every time i'm streaming i'm usually streaming because melissa's watching me melissa is just using me as like a tv at this point like she's like what are you playing now Rampa? oh okay who died and i'm like oh this person i just fill her in and she so i'm usually talking to someone or playing mm. with someone when i'm streaming because yeah. otherwise i just sit silently like i know it's weird thinking about me being quiet but i just 
fucking i'm just absorbing information at that point yeah i feel like you're fucking lying to me right now it's stories <laughs> i promise well usually what's going on is i'm on my phone going <laughs> good meme and then i look up and i'm like oh something <laughs> something important i'm scrolling yeah all right and, and we're back. back there you go yeah uh final fantasy origins stranger of paradise i'll take these first final words because i, I usually do this game is going to be a hard recommend for me uh, if Whoa. you've ever played any of the Final Fantasy games, I know we've just been kind of gushing about this for the last two hours now, but this game is worth your time. I know the internet reviews might not be the best. I'm trying to think of where I heard bad stuff about it. I don't, I don't remember his source exactly, but well, I feel pause. like the overall tone. Because like, like when you're saying with the reviews not being good, what's interesting, because Keith also is saying, like he was playing at the beginning, we're talking about all these like updates that they had. I think that's important asterisk that this game has been updated and they are supporting it and they are changing things they're making things That's a little a bit more accessible up, yeah all right in its current state it is definitely a recommend for me i loved this game i'm still playing it i'm gonna finish it out uh i feel like i want to max out all the jobs and beat chaos ultimate difficulty like i want to keep playing this game and I, I will uh i bought this game with my 40 dollars of microsoft points so i didn't even lose any real money on this it just i just got it and the value just feels insane i think this game is worth probably still like 50 dollars. i wouldn't pay full 60 for it i wouldn't pay that for anything though so <laughs> 50 dollars is a lot for $10 me no that's much. a lot that's a lot to me 10 dollars is a big deal but i recommend this game go play it do not play it single player on the hardest difficulty. Just drop the difficulty down if you're playing solo. If you're playing with friends, put it on the highest difficulty because it's almost like funnier that way to see them getting like constantly just like one hit by something. And you're like, oh, nay, why didn't you block that move that covers half the battlefield because it's a giant spinning suit of armor shooting electricity everywhere? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, fucking, I don't know. Just pick me up. And I'm like, I'm out of potions, Nave. I'm sorry. You're just going to sit there and watch me fight it. It's so much fun. It's a great game. Uh, I love Jack. Jack is probably my favorite Final Fantasy character at this point. I'm trying to think who my favorite was before. And it was probably like what Ignis from Final Fantasy 15, the, the driver chef. Okay. <laughs> what? You guys don't like him? No judgment. Oh, explain yourself. Even no judgment. I want to hear some judgment. Nope. No, I, nope. I've I have no words for you. I, I won't. I won't be. I have not been the stuck up Final Fantasy fanboy this episode because obviously I've stuck up for uh, Strangers of Paradise here the entire episode, <laughs> uh, which are probably going to piss a lot of people off. But uh, all right, well, Jack's my true favorite. Then who okay. is That's my fair. favorite? Who is your favorite Final Fantasy character? Now I'm thinking like I'm like oh it's obvious Me? it's. And then I thought yeah, about Keith, it. What about you? Like, if you're going to uh, make some, some non-judgments, hmm. say something so I can judge you. Well, I mean, you talked about Gilgamesh earlier, so Gilgamesh is up Never there. Never heard of him. Okay. Oh, well, uh, I thought we were talking about like playable characters, like party oh, members. playable characters. Gilgamesh party is members. tight. Every, if we're talking about Mecha Behemoth or whatever the hell it is in Final Fantasy, the best Behemoth, that's a fucking... That's a baby, uh... Hmm... Either Behemoth. Cecil or probably Vivi. Probably like a hard tie between those two. Dude, I, I was thinking, it. I was sitting there going, it's probably either Vivi or Squall. And I was leaning hard onto Vivi. And I've been trying to get Philip to play nine because, dude, Vivi's story is nuts, man. I love it, dude. He, it's so emotional. It's so good. I'm hyping it up so much that Philip's going to be like, no, oh, it's okay, whenever he fucking plays it. But <laughs> I've been hyping it up for like two months. But I really relate to Squall, so... I know it's weird because Squall doesn't fucking talk and I scream at the. But I went through a character arc. That's the difference. I was. Yeah, I was Squall. gonna say you, do, no you do not seem Squall. like the typical emo kid. 
that's just like whatever. Yeah, I was to talk right now. That I had to like <laughs> go through. I had to go through a lot of self reflection to get out of that fucking mm. phase of like actually be able to talk to people about things. But and now I overshare to the point where Philip is like, "Nave, you're trauma dumping. Stop it, please. Stop your trauma dumping on the podcast. You're doing this live on the air. I don't know if you noticed that." <laughs> <laughs> and i'm definitely not gonna edit it out so it's in there now <laughs> yeah all right finish up my final words uh recommend this game i love the story it's stupid i love the gameplay it's stupid the rpg 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 system is incredible go play it not stupid all right, who wants next uh, uh i'll just keep it short and sweet basically i mean i have if anybody follows me on, on twitter i was championing this game before it came out i was championing it when it came out and we talked about how rough the game was when it released and I still loved it back then. And having played it, come back to it uh, just before recording this, I was like, man, this game is a lot of fun to play. Still, if you're going to come into this game on the basis of both my friends here saying that is like dark souls, you're going to be very fucking disappointed because it is not like Dark Souls. It is much like Neo. It's almost like God of War with a Final Fantasy system kind of painted over it. It's much more hack and slash, much, much fucking faster. And there's a lot more menus involved than pretty much any FromSoft game. I don't know. I haven't played Elden Ring, but besides that, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, those games have those have the menus and stuff like that, but. Uh, when you are battling you are not dropping down menus and selecting spells or any of that kind of stuff so aside from that man like the the job system again best in the franchise i I don't care what you say especially since you probably haven't even played the game nobody played this game (laughs) so no uh, one on twitter has played this game the game is as dumb as it sounds the the dialogue is absolutely awful (laughs) but i think that's what kind of gives it its charm i feel like this is one of those games that's going to have a cult following in a couple years and i'm very happy to be on the ground floor with this with this game with you guys uh championing this thing it's it's so much fun so much customization when it comes to your characters boss fights are incredibly challenging i didn't really talk about the final boss fight shit's fucking hard as hell super super hard especially if you're playing on single player probably a little easier if you're playing with somebody makes you wonder if you can play that one in co-op because you don't have your your partners at that point right there is a right. boss fight so that, is... that you cannot play in co-op and it's the fight against the pirate so it is you Mickey, can it is the a pirate pretend... we never brought up captain mm. mickey he seemed like a important character that i don't remember what he does or anything. well he gets darkness possessed at one point yeah yeah it's like his whole arc yeah that's when we had to fight him that's when we learned what it's like to play this game single player philip because we had to fight that guy by ourselves and we just became white i beat him first and i was like philip i promise just be a white mage and buff your friends and philip's like i refuse and then eventually he <laughs> no yeah, yeah i switched it breaker white mage is pretty overpowered um yeah the story is the story is whatever it's if you've never played a final fantasy game before you're not gonna care if you have played a Final Fantasy game before or played many. You still might not care. <laughs> you might care a tiny bit. <laughs> you might care a little more than people having not played one because it is. It is just man that ending, the ramifications, the, the questions I have for any franchise that Nomura is involved in is up in the air at this point. So yeah, man, I 
I fucking love this game. It's it is a hard right. It's not perfect. Like I said, it goes on a little too long. Oh, on, no game's perfect. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, it yeah. goes on a little it overstays its welcome a little bit. It it gets really monotonous towards the end. And again, I think if it wasn't for the story, which again I was uh, really getting into in the late game i think if it wasn't for that i would have probably dropped the game anyway i'm rambling at this point i i think this is definitely worth picking up especially you know this is probably going to go on sale relatively soon if it hasn't already so yeah i definitely recommend strangers of paradise i picked it up on sale i picked it up for 45 there you go. on sale nice um i paid I would 70 dollars like Well, I was going to say that I am genuinely, and to my surprise, I am like, well, fuck, I used the word surprise. I'm going to say surprise twice. I am surprised by this game. It is uh, a lot more fun than I gave it credit for, and it is a lot more deep as far as the mechanics of the game. Uh, I I was not prepared for how deep and complex the job system was going to be. It's not like the most uh, unintuitive thing in the universe. It's not like you're going to have to read a light novel just to understand how to do. It's not Final Fantasy VIII, but it's like uh, it, it is very intuitive. It is very fast, kinetic. Um, there is a lot of flashy things going on on the screen. It is absurdly and fantastically Japanese. And it's something that I really hold dear in my heart as someone who loves Yakuza, loves like many different insane animes like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure and Boba 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 Boba. And I love these fucking things that are just completely out of the right field random, but then they can be actually serious. I don't know how serious Boba Boba ever gets, but it's um, it's something that I don't have the pro like i don't have any experience with as far as western developers are concerned uh, this is something that i can't recommend enough if you are a fan of games like yakuza if you're a fan of a games like Rampa or any of these uh really wacky zany anime games like this is a franchise that i don't correlate with anime in any sense of the imagination this is a japan this is like the dark the dark souls japanese make of uh like <laughs> art style yeah well what i'm saying is it is a western art style from a japanese lens like dark souls similar to that like especially when okay. you look at the older final fantasies especially when you look at the newest final fantasy it is literally just medieval kingdoms it's like it's when you think about it that is fantasy for Japanese people. Like you think about these insane castles and stuff like that, just like how we romanticize uh, samurais and ninjas. It's, it's, it's completely foreign nature to us whenever you see stuff like that. And that is something that I uh, value greatly. This amazing perspective for like spectacle and, uh, and 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 action and seriousness like what do these people think about this and then you see something insane and you're like i never would have thought about that it's my favorite part about engaging with this type of media it's my favorite part of engaging with like indie games and stuff like that like seeing doki doki literature club and knowing that it came from south america before it came before i even played it it was very interesting knowing it wasn't japanese because that is very much it seems very much like a visual novel translated from japanese to english it has all of the intricacies of that and uh final fantasy if you uh final fantasy strangers in paradise final fantasy origins if you're i'm gonna say if you're into if you're into dark souls this is a game that you're going to be able to pick up and understand very very easily but i would say more than dark souls i would point towards sekiro if you like sekiro sekiro is so much more fast and frenetic 
uh, it has the same mechanic of breaking somebody's stamina before you're able to execute them. It has that similar uh, mold. And I'm not sure if Neo does that as well. I'm not sure if, Dar if FromSoft got that from Neo or if it was the other way around. But it is a uh, satisfying uh, combat loop where you're constantly managing not the health bar but the stamina. And it, the fact that your character, unlike Dark Souls, when you attack, you do not use stamina. So you can spam attack. It makes it to where the the the, the fighting becomes so much more chaotic than uh, it could ever possibly be in Dark Souls. Like you're constantly dashing and 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 jumping and doing crazy shit. I enjoy the fast frenetic gameplay, even though I'm constantly being killed because of my lackluster playstyle. Other than that. Me and Philip made this comment a lot where we felt like we were playing Fantasy Star Universe or we felt like we were playing ESO. Or we felt like we were playing an MMO of some sort, like a modern MMO. And that's there. There's a billion loots that you're constantly shifting through. It definitely undermines the item variety. There's, It's more like Borderlands has a billion guns. They're all the same gun with just different tweaked stats. That's definitely there you're constantly shifting through armor sets and all kinds of things to the point where it, you don't even notice that you look like an idiot. Um, I'm not <laughs> you sure look if like an idiot all the time, <laughs> you look like an idiot all the time, but um, it looks like you literally were a comet that fell into a fashion show and then emerged as a human <laughs> being. But it's like, I don't know if there's transmogging in this game. That would be interesting. But it's like all of the really cool things we said about the affinity for different classes that's kind of out of the window whenever you realize that you can't actually control that really because you want to have optimal armor. But while you're swapping mid-game, you don't get to upgrade anything. So as far as, as far as items are concerned, they're very much in the background if you're looking for stuff like that. It probably matter late game. Maybe not in the late game. Yeah, you're right. We didn't ever get to the late game. But um, if you're looking for this uh, experience of like com customizability as far as skills, the game is there. If you're looking for customizability as far as attire, which is important to a lot of people, uh, the game lacks a lot. Like You do have a lot of different styles, but you are definitely set in a path if you don't enjoy playing the assassin, but you want to look like uh, fucking Ryu Hayabusa. You can't really do that. Unless you want to just sacrifice your affinity, right? So, I mean, unless you, unless in the late game you can mod the affinities and stuff, which you might can. be there. You can? Okay, well, I, think so. I don't know what I'm talking about. That's the end of my final I mean, word. The thing is, it's all late game. That's the only problem. And it requires resources. That's yeah, the I'm outrider's nodding, problem. I'm nodding my head. Yeah, you can. I know that's not good for audio. <laughs> but yeah, you can. You're good. I mean, that's the Outriders problem, where all of the really fucking actual interesting shit is at the far end of the game. But honestly, that stuff is so obtuse to somebody who's just coming into the game that if that was introduced at the beginning, which maybe it is, but it's like if that is like him hammered home that you have to do this for the entire game, then that might put people off. That would put me off. I mean, I don't know. I have literally never a single. I leveled up nary a single sword. I don't know what leveling up items is even like. Because I was like, okay, this is I'm just not gonna deal with this right now unless I have mm. to. And which is good. Whenever you have these mechanics in the background that you don't actually actively have to participate with immediately, then that is that's good for the player because that makes the game a lot more low resolution, but it makes it a lot more accessible immediately. You have to be able to hook people before you introduce these insane uh dynamics to all of the uh, systems and everything. 
we have to drip feed people sometimes. And that's one of the main criticisms of Final Fantasy VIII is that the junction system is so core to the game that you have to do it right now. You know what I mean? Like you have to learn it. You have to read so much right now. And this game doesn't do that to you, which is good. I don't know what else I'm saying. I, I'm, this game is good. Play the game. I'm just rambling. Perfect. Yeah, good final words. All right. At this point, Keith, I want to thank you for coming out and joining us today to talk about a very silly game. Yeah, thanks for having me on. That's I'm I'm down for all the silly games all the fucking time. That's what it seems like. Or yeah. all the games that look serious on the cover art and then are actually really silly when you get into it. Well, I don't know about the Resident Evil 6 giraffe again. I don't know. I don't know what it is on the Xbox. You guys played this on Xbox, right? Yeah. Yeah. When you select this game from the PS5 menu, the music literally just screams at you. So you already kind of know what you're <laughs> no, in for. It's that's unique so to PlayStation. Loud. It's so loud. <laughs> yeah, it's, Xbox so, yeah, doesn't it's, have it's any dumb. audio cues. It's like dumb that. fun. But yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, this is something that irritates me a little bit, but it's like when games are obviously developed for the PlayStation and then just ported to Xbox, even though they, I think they came out at the same time. But whenever you go and look at the achievement list for... God, excuse me. I'm drinking beers. I'm burping a lot. Um, whenever you go and look at the achievement list for this game, it is literally just a mirror of the PlayStation, which all games always have the same achievements. But when you act, you there's an achievement for getting all the achievements, which is clearly the platinum, right? But then mm. you can see which achievements are bronze on the Xbox side because they're all 10 gamer score. And then you can see which plat which achievements are silver trophies. And then you can see which achievements are gold trophies. And I'm just like. Square Enix, you motherfuckers, treating us like second-class citizens again! Oh my god. Alright, well, go check out Main Quest Pod. <laughs> no, oh, is that what we're talking what about? We... Well, yeah, that's what I was trying to get to at one point, but whatever. I just want to talk about Final Fantasy VIII with Keith, so let's hurry and wrap this up. We're playing Among Us. Among Us? Mogus, yeah. We're playing Wolf Among Us. You know, my daughter was telling me about it, uh, Among Us the other day, because I said we were going to play it, and she said, never trust red. Because they're always bad. And I'm like, well, what if you choose the color red? And she's like, don't choose red. Because then they're going to know you're bad. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Incredible. Keith, are you familiar with the Among Us franchise? I have never played the game, no. It's okay, one of those games play? where... Are you trying to play later? It's crossplay. I don't really have any interest in that game at all. <laughs> not at all. Not, e not, even a, not even a hint of, yeah, guys, maybe we'll play later. No, no, no I'm not interested. Sorry. Love you guys. <laughs> I think it, it, it's interesting too because it's like whenever we were playing Fortnite and then we went straight into this game I think that attributed a lot because when I play Fortnite I'm not really having fun I'm kind of just doing something and like I get the euphoria of winning and all victory and all of that stuff killing someone I'm like okay cool but I'm not actively having fun whenever we played this game I was actively having fun I was like oh good loot let me change my thing let me do the thing let me switch these things let me experience share do all this stuff it's like hopefully we get that with Among Us we need to start playing some more yeah, even though we're probably just going to play more Final Fantasy, actually. I need to get back into my Jack character real quick. I don't give a shit about Among Us. That's perfect. <laughs> All right. So thanks for joining us this week, co-partners. Hey, we can recover our memories and become chaos together next time. Bye. You chaos. You can say bye, too. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> bye. <laughs> All right, is it Final Fantasy A time?